Yeah, I wanna know the baby. Show me your appreciation, no. See my love initiate. These niggas gotta respect us. These bitches gotta respect us. All of these bags on my checklist. There's no way they can check us. Oh no, oh yeah, we get right to it. So don't you creep up on me, nigga, don't miss. Alright, so back in this bitch for another one. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect. And as always, I go by the name of Domino. Appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you're watching on Twitch or the YouTubes, wherever the fuck we on right now. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, before I introduce my guest that you can see on the screen right now, if you are watching this live, um, G, do you know what day it is, baby? Do you know, you know what week it is? My birthday week, but do you know I've been doing this show for five years, yo? Five goddamn years, yo. You've been along for most of the journey, baby. At least, at, at least for all them bitches. I'm gonna get drunk, just so you know. So I might say I love you mad times. So just want you to know right now i love you i appreciate you for everything that you do this show wouldn't be what the fuck it is without you so just wanted to tell you that before i introduce our guest now guest that we got here today um if you live in the connecticut area and if you are in the party scene you should know him you should know the name you should know the all out brothers um you know he's not local santo he's not you know national santo he's international motherfucking santo of hot 937 all around just DJ and just, you know, guy. How are you, Santo? Salute, my man. Can we start off with this uh, with this toast? I didn't know it was your birthday week. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, when, when's your birthday? My birthday is Saturday. Shit. Yeah, the 17th, man. See, this is a nice excuse for me to go ahead and get a little scene on. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, just do it. Happy do birthday. It. Salute. Thank brother. you, man. Appreciate it. Ah. How you doing, man? How's, how's, your, how's your day been, man? It's been good, man. Um, Thank you again for mm-hmm. working with me. No problem. You know, shit happens. We rescheduled a few times. A few times. You know, and then um, not only that, but then when today came around and I was like, yo, I'm definitely, definitely seven o'clock, a thousand percent. Mm. I had to hit him up earlier and I'm like, yo, please. <laughs> like, yo. Can you work with me on a time? I, boom, right? I double booked some. I got something to do. You know, I ain't doing shit. So, you nah, know. No, but best believe I, I would have been here at seven if you would have been like, nah, you know, the studio time and everything like that. But you mm. worked with me. Yeah, you know. And thank you for that because, um. Today's Chris Webby's birthday. Shout out to Chris Webb. So happy birthday to Chris Webby, man. You guys are not familiar with that man. As far as Connecticut is concerned, um, in my opinion, you know, this is a guy that, you know, has been repping Connecticut and has been had Connecticut on his back. Um, you know, that's that's bro right there. So I had the opportunity of going to check him out. What I did was I set up something where I did like a Zoom on my phone and I had everybody that all the friends and, and all the fam that fuck with Webby, mm. what I did was I just pulled him on him. I didn't let him know I was coming, but I had tabs on him because mm. his roommate. So I'm like, yo, make sure he don't leave the house. Mm-hmm. So then when I pulled up on him, I had the cake. You know, I wished him a happy birthday. And then I had everybody on the Zoom. And I'm talking about like a lot of people on the Zoom. Everybody yeah. that couldn't, you know, make it to actually spend the day with him. 
So I so I got a chance to do that. So thanks to my man for letting me pull that off. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you know, you know. And then um, yeah. So I just, you know, and then uh, what, you know, when I got here, he asked me if I was drinking. Yeah. yeah so I was like, know. okay, maybe a little bit because I did start earlier. Mm-hmm. Drink a little bit of Jameson with my man Webby. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, it feels good to have some whiskey. I haven't had Jameson since quarantine or any whiskey. How does quarantine been treating you as a DJ? You know, that's that's your money maker like y'all niggas been in the house doing the home zooms and like the i'm itching now yeah. now, now that i had that little, little taste of jameson because jameson is like the <laughs> it's like our roll drink you yeah know I mean? so if anybody knows webby he's like the ambassador of that drink mm. so um, i was like you know what i'm not gonna drink jameson until we get back on that roll so i was doing the titos while i was on quarantine mm. um but today i drank jameson i'm now i'm just itching i'm like because it reminded me of the roll yeah, you know? yeah and everybody yeah. being on the zoom you know we had to so i was just like man I was doing all right with it. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But as time is going by, I, I'm starting to realize more and more how much I need people mm. just in general. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm an introvert and I don't mind being by myself. Right. Like, nigga, don't what? I, do I not love mind. being by myself. <laughs> I don't mind being by myself. But, you know, um, and, and you know, and, and my job is to be able to read energy and feel energy. Mm. You can't spend too much time by yourself and expect, you know what I mean, to be able to read and feel energy. Exactly. Um, You know, so you got to stay sharp. So, my way of doing that, you know, even if it wasn't in person, I did a lot of the lives. Mm. You know, I did as many as I could to try to like exercise. You know, that's how I felt. It was like exercising my mind, mm. trying to stay sharp and just stay social with people, man. Yeah, honestly. I saw you did the club van homes. You did, you know, a lot of the lives on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, man. but it's not the same as being in the club and actually get to feel the people and you know get that energy back. Because you know, us is like when it comes to what we do, it's like. We do what we do because we want to basically like affect people and mm. we and we get that instant gratification. So when I'm playing music, you know, I'm playing music. I want to see people dance. I want to see people smile, have a mm. good time. And it's hard to do that when you when all you're looking at is a screen. The same with radio, though. Don't get me wrong. Like mm. when, when, But I kind of that's what helped me with the lives was doing radio because, mm. you know, it seems like a big party when you're listening. It's usually one or two other people in the room. Oh, yeah, how yeah, we yeah. are right now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know. Um, you don't really know who's listening, so you you can't read the vibe to say, okay, should I switch this? Am I doing all right? Mm. But um, it it you know reading the comments and being engaged, it definitely helped. Mm. Definitely helped. Okay, good, good. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see: SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, wherever the fuck you get your podcast. I am there. Domino Effect Podcast at Gmail dot com. Any comments, questions, or concerns? If you want your question answered by me or one of my guests that's on the show. You can reach us there. That's Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. So we're going to try to get into all the Santos business while we're here. I don't know how long we're going to be here. You know, G, you know, just gave us a studio. We could just be here as long as we want. So it's the most controversial podcast, huh? Yeah, man. I've been uh, almost sued. Um, oh, niggas been. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I know, right? You're like, I don't give a fuck about y'all. <laughs> but it's like, I've been almost sued. You know, I've gotten to like, not. It's fights, but verbal altercations with people, you know, I guess, you know, a couple of opinions they didn't like or something I said on the show they didn't like, but I don't really give a fuck at the end of the day. All right. But, you know, it is, I ain't going, I ain't going, you know, try to get niggas fired or nothing, but, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do have an opinion on Chris Webby that I need your help with, though. Like, yeah, I'm but, right. but we'll talk about it, you know, I guess at, at some point, right? No doubt, no doubt. So let's, uh, I guess let's start from the beginning. Uh, so where are you from? I'm from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Bridgeport, let's see. Bridgeport, man. Yeah. Now, how's it growing up for you in Bridgeport? Growing up in Bridgeport, for me, I felt like the reason why it was beneficial for me and why I love Bridgeport is because it's close enough to New York where you could feel the New York culture, mm. but you don't have to be a part of all the madness. 
Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I, mean, I was going a lot. Was, you know, like listen. You know, for for me personally, like it, you know, being a DJ, listening to Hot ninety seven mm. when I was growing up mm. definitely affected me and you know my love for music and how I approach DJing and everything like that. So it's like you know, there's a lot of cats from like Hartford that don't get Hot ninety seven that, and I'm and I'm when I I realized like oh they don't get the you know that that same effect when mm. I when um when they hear "Hate Me Now" by Nas, mm. and then when I do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I remember when Flex dropped a hundred thousand bombs on that, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't turn it off. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. those moments I'm grateful for, but then at the same time, and I can go visit, but at the same time I can come and it's a little bit more quiet. And outside of that, man, I just think that Bridgeport, you know, Bridgeport has a reputation. You know, um, whenever I would go out. And I would say I'm from Bridgeport. I would get like a look, like oh, like I'll be in New York. They'd be like, oh, Bridgeport, like that's yeah. like Brooklyn or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, but I, I enjoy, you know, being able to set like, you know, whatever expectation they have. I I enjoy being able to represent and be like, nah, that's that's not all it is. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of talent that comes out of Bridgeport, and I enjoy being a part of that. But your experience with Bridgeport also, it depends on what side of Bridgeport you you grew up on. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Now, what side did you grow up on? I mean, I grew up on the West for the most part. Okay, because yeah. I know you know for like the like the nineties era, the North End was the place to not go, and then as time went on, the East and the East Side was the place not to go. Now, how did you avoid that trouble on the West End, though? Um, I just never really was like I mentioned earlier. I, I was you know I'm an introvert naturally. I'm not I'm not really you know being outside and everything like that wasn't really my my thing. You know mm. what I mean? I always kind of kept to myself. But I always hung out with people that were older than me. Mm. And I felt like that was another advantage because I kind of was, I listened more than I talked. And, and you know, I managed to kind of just, you know, I, I got by because I wasn't really trying to look for too much attention. I wasn't trying to be mm. anything that I wasn't, you know what I mean? So mm. I was always into music, you know what I mean? So if you ever saw me around, you know, I had some headphones on more than likely. Mm. And I'm listening to some fire shit that I shouldn't have been listening to because I was probably too young to be you know playing fucking dmx's first album whatever it was but that's what i was into i wasn't really into none of the bullshit that was going on okay so what kind of music did you grow up on was it was it like strictly rap music was it r&b soul gospel like what? it was it was hip-hop so my, so my mom i give a lot of credit to my mom because my mom is young enough where while while i was growing up mm. you know she's her her favorite album is paid in full rock him and eric being rock him so you know, so I'm growing up listening to, like I said, Hot 97. It's not, Lucky. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank God, because that really, really helped me. You know, even now to this day, my mom would be like, yo, you know Eminem dropped a new song, right? <laughs> right? You know, like our, our dog, our dog, Mar- our dog's name is Marshall. He's named after the greatest Dope. rapper. You know what I'm saying? So, and, Oh, that's and, your greatest rapper of all time. I, I mean, I, I'd say, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, we'll yeah. talk about it, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nah, I mean, yeah, Eminem, you know, Eminem, I just, we, we don't have to, do you want to talk about it? I mean, we could talk about it, because I definitely want to talk about it, because, like, <laughs> do you want to talk about nah, it? Nah, because Eminem is definitely in my top five favorite rappers, but I feel like with the past maybe three or four albums he put out, he's fallen off my top ten list, because I haven't been feeling his last few albums. I think the last good album that he had was probably Recovery, which was listenable. Mm-hmm. Every Everything since then, I don't know what the fuck Eminem is doing. I don't know why he's trying to rhyme all these words. I don't know why all these punchlines are so corny. And I just feel like he's a nigga past his prime and he keeps rapping just to show people he can rap. It's like, I can put these words together. I can rhyme orange with door hinge and all this shit. It's just to prove something. It's not to actually like further the game. And it like when you do stuff like that, you're hurting your legacy. I don't, I don't get it. 
at I, this point. You know what? I, I respect your opinion because you just brought up rhyming orange with door hands. Yeah. And, and <laughs> only an Eminem, like somebody that's actually like into the culture would understand. My nigga. You know, bringing that up. You when know I, I mean? first heard that orange shit, is the word that you can't rhyme. That you, I don't that know if anybody rhyme knows with that. Shit, and yeah, it blew yeah. my mind when he did. I was like, oh shit, this white boy is a fucking genius. But I mean, obviously we can agree mm. that, that technically his skill level is, is alien-like. Mm -hmm. Right? My thing as far as like, you know, to defend him um, in the last few attempts that he's made to drop music, I just mm. feel like he already met you know, the expectation that he needed to meet to prove who he is and mm -hmm. everything else after that is just icing on the cake. It's just extra. So he doesn't, in my opinion, he doesn't have to make another song in the world. And another song ever again. And there's a lot of rappers like that. Jay, that don't, mm -hmm. Nas, they don't have to make music because they've already contributed enough for us to love them and consider them to be legends. Now, if they want to try to, you know, experiment, you know, if they're feeling like, you know what, let me try this. Let me pick up a guitar. Let me work with this producer. Let me work with Rick Rubin instead of working mm -hmm. with Dre. I give him the freedom to do that because he he's earned that. Now, if the music comes out where we don't love it like we did the old stuff, listen to the old stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know what rapper said that, but it was like, yo. I feel you. You want my old shit? Listen to my old yeah. shit. You know? So but, I, I give him the creative freedom to to keep going. And some of the stuff I like, some of it I don't. You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. not going to lie. That's, just, that's what everybody. You know? Yeah, but you don't. Okay. The, I, I feel like the only person that we can compare Eminem to is Jay-Z when it comes to rapping ability and I guess it's just accolades and stuff like that, right? I feel like with Jay-Z, he's either like he's evolved every time he put out a project or an album or decided to get on a track with somebody you can like hear the, the like the growth in the bars or like you can hear like something has changed or like his mindset at the time i feel like with eminem he's just bored and just raps and just put shit out and then he's a human cheat code where it was like if eminem drops something it's gonna do a million like if it's a single album whatever it's gonna do numbers just because it's eminem yeah i feel like i feel like he's ruining his legacy when he keeps putting out but I, i'm not talking about i want to bring numbers into this conversation. i mean i mean you know, I, 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 I don't like the number game either know, but i'm just saying when when niggas do that shit where it's like oh eminem dropped something platinum next i mean week. like to try to defend him i mean like i wouldn't be like oh but look at the numbers he's putting up because because that's All not right. really the conversation you know we're having them. you know what i'm saying we haven't like i fuck with you you know yeah i fuck with you you know what <laughs> i mean like you know and i respect you know i respect some of the stuff he puts out and some of the stuff i'm like now i could have did without but who am i to be like nah you shouldn't have dropped this i could have went without the but last I, two albums like but it's like but there's some people that enjoy it too though so at the same time it's like why stop putting out music shit you got another 10 albums in you shit put them out you got mm -hmm. another Tim Allen because there's still words out there. It's not like he's bringing anything new. Like, tell me an Eminem album in the last five years that's that has replay value. Like, just I can't think of one. All right, but check. But you could also, you know, that's that's one form of music. But like the way I, the reason why I love Eminem, I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't jump in the car right now. And I, my my first thing is to go to Eminem. <laughs> Bitch, I'm a kill. But if an Eminem drops, if an Eminem album drops, mm. it's like a movie that drops. So think about mm -hmm. how many classic movies we could talk about that you don't watch more than once, mm. but you know you enjoy the experience when you watched it. You know what I'm saying? So there's movies like Forrest Gump. We could keep watching over and over and over mm. and over. You know what I'm saying? That's Elmatic. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's you know, but there's also other movies that. You know, you watch them, you enjoy them for, for for the art that it is. Doesn't mm. mean you're gonna go back every day and watch Braveheart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not you're not doing that. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? But, but we're not gonna act like Braveheart wasn't a classic. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's how I look at it. When I hear his albums, I just feel like it's a it's an experience, like a movie experience. Like 
Yeah, I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna act like when the Eminem drop album drops, like the world don't stop. I was like, all right, I gotta hear this shit just to hear what one of my favorite rappers is saying. But then when I listen but to that's it, I'm exciting. Just that's what, that's disappointed. That's, that's a part of the reason why I, why I love Eminem because of that feeling right there. You mm. know what I'm saying? With like, I gotta stop whatever I'm doing mm. and I gotta have a listening session. There's not too many albums that come out and artists that do that where I gotta stop what I'm doing and be like, okay, let me. Because if the next day comes around, I don't want to be the person that's not in the loop. Yeah, it might be like... You know what I'm saying? If I could really... Kendrick is one of those think for about, me. Yeah, it might be like five artists that I could think of off the top of my head that like if they drop something, I'm like, I right, hold up. Whatever's going on, I got to stop. Let me listen to this shit. It might be like J.M., uh, Big Crit, maybe Method Man, mm. and maybe Kendrick. Crit in there? Crit. Crit's one of my favorite personal... Right. Artists like I like early, that's the thing with crit too. Is like I like early crit too. Yeah, you know I like early crit. Like too. It, there hasn't lie. been a big crit album that well let me say not, not album but mixtape that's dropped that I haven't like. Maybe his album with Def Jam wasn't really fucking with. You know he they they tried to make him commercial or whatever. His his last album that dropped I fuck with, but yeah it's it's not too many artists that I'm like all right I gotta stop what I'm doing and listen to this shit because it just dropped at midnight or whatever the fuck. Okay. Well, I'm glad you gave Eminem the respect to tell at least. No, nah, Eminem gets you know, my have to, like, utmost friends, respect. You know I mean? This is early in the podcast to be <laughs> disagreeing already. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so now your mom, she she listening to like Paid in Full and, you know, all that early hip hop stuff. Tupac's greatest hits and, you know, changes. Listening you know? to fucking Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. So I'm growing up with that. So is that where your love of music came from? Like mm, your yeah. mom's taste of music? A thousand percent. Mm. A thousand percent. That and then, um, you know, my pops. He would he would let me steal a tape from him mm. and replace it with another tape. Gotcha. He'd be like, yo, as long as you don't tell your mom. So that's why I'm walking around with the Walkman listening to music I shouldn't be listening. She's thinking mm. I'm listening to the music that we bought at Walmart. You remember Walmart? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The clean version? <laughs> yeah. So she's thinking like, okay, whatever. But I'm like, you know, I'm listening to all the explicit. So what he what he would do, talk to Freddie Fred. What he would do, is he, mm. would, he would go to Riff Raff Records um, in Bridgeport and downtown every week. And whenever the new releases came out, he would, he would, he would instantly just buy whatever it was. So I, I got the opportunity to listen to it. That's what I'm saying. So it's like Big Pun, Capital Punishment, you know, Harlem World. Like that's, mm. you know, Nori's first album, N-O-R-E. Mm. Those are the albums that are like my top 10 albums because that's like the era that I fell in love with hip hop was around that time. Mm. So my mom was listening to Paid in Fool, but I was listening to DMX in my, because right. of my pops. You know what I mean? Right. Now, my mom, I think she was ignorant to rap music at first where like when you hear you're like your eight-year-old son walking around the house talking about Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. I mean, it's a fact. I mean, it's a fact, though. <laughs> but then, like, I remember we had gone on a trip somewhere and we was in the airport and I went to some record store that was in the airport. And I remember uh, Marshall Mathers LP had dropped. Now, they had the dirty version and the clean version. I already had the dirty version. I can't remember for the life of me how I got it, but she bought me the clean version. And I remember the clean version and the dirty version had two different songs on it. The <laughs> dirty version had Kim on it and the Clean version had kids on it. I saw a song called Kids where it was like Eminem replaced the song Kim with kids and it was like a spoof on South Park or whatever. He was just like, it was, it's, it's, it's a weird ass song. Hi there, little boys and girls. Today we're going to learn how to poison squirrels. But first, I'd like you to meet my friend Bob. Say hi, Bob. Bob's 30 and still lives with his mom. He don't got a job. Bob sits at home and smokes pot. But his 12-year-old brother looks up to him an awful lot. Bob likes to hang out at the local waffle spot And wait in the parking lot The waitress is off the clock When it's late and the lot gets dark And fake like he walks his dog Drag him in the woods and go straight to the chopping block And even if they escaped and they got the cops The ladies would all be so afraid they would drop the charge 
to one night, Mrs. Stacy went off the job. When she felt someone grab her whole face and said not to talk. But I'm kind of mad I don't know that, though. You don't know that? Oh, shit, I got someone to I'm fucking DJ, nigga. I don't know that, though. Nah, you got to hear this shit. It's, it's a, there's a dirty version out there if you, if you look it up on YouTube, but... I had the first Eminem album clean though, but they didn't have no alternate versions. It just had like I never meant to give you shrooms, shrooms, girl. Like yeah, they, yeah. Went in, like reverse. No, but it, it was it, like he did like two or three verses, and one of them he's like mocking like South Park. Cause South Park was big in like ninety eight, ninety nine or whatever. Okay, and he and he was mocking that because you you can't put Kim on a clean version. No, no. So so you can't do that. I was like, um, she's a hoe. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I had the ludicrous, I had the ludicrous joint, and it, it didn't even have the song on there. Like this motherfucker killed three people on that record, <laughs> and then put her in the trunk and duct taped it. Like it's, it's wild shit. It wasn't that bad. No. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for like for like a fucking what? How old was I? Like 12, 13 year old me. That shit wasn't bad at all. But for her. If, if she knew I was listening to what I was listening to, she'd have probably took that shit. But she probably thought something was wrong with you. Like, what is wrong with you? Shout out to my mom for not knowing shit. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, now you're the, the, the third, right? You're Santos the third, right? Yes. So was your, was your grandpops in the music? Your, your pops too? Nah, you know, um, my grandpops is like, he's a pastor now. He lives in California. I don't really, I haven't really spent too much time with him. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't, he wasn't really in my, in my life too heavy like that. Mm. Like I said, I think it was just more my influence was just, and when I say my pops, it, it, it's really my step pops, but I, he, he like raised him. me. So Freddie Fred, shout out to you. He, mm. he raised me, but my, my real father was always there too. And you know, um, you know, but cars was his thing, mm. you know, I'm not really into cars. Mm. Um, I drive them, you know, mm. right. Something breaks. I'm gonna send it to somebody. To for I don't know a lot it. of Puerto you know Ricans. I mean? Not in the cars. I'm not in the cars. You know, and I'm not. And believe it or not, I'm not in the sports. I'm not in the cars, and I'm not in the sports. I'm just in. Wow, you're not in the sports either. Nah, man. I don't. I mean, I know a few niggas that's not in the sports, but I get. I mean, I guess it's, it's an introverted the big thing. events. You know, I, I, I can fuck with yeah, the get, Super Bowl. Yeah, niggas will watch a Super Bowl or like a NBA Finals. I know and the shit, rules but... of all the games. I mean, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like I used. You know, like like have you ever tried to play, or you just like just like now I'm like. None I just never really, all. yeah, I just never really gravitated to it, honestly. Okay. So now, how'd you find DJing? How was that your passion? When you when you realized you like music, when did DJing come into play, though? Well, the, the DJing started before I even knew what DJing was. Mm. It was just like, and, and even now, the reason why I DJ is, um, you know, I talk about this, this to be able to just to share music. So I was sharing music mm. before I knew what a DJ was. And what I mean by that, like, all these albums that I was just discussing, when I would listen to the albums and I would hear songs on the albums that wasn't, you know, on the radio or on MTV or anything like that, I would get excited that I heard something that other people didn't know. So I, I would get like a thrill off of making like a mixtape mm. and, you know, putting all these songs together and I would give them out as gifts. Mm. And I would love the reaction that people would get hearing songs that they might not have been familiar with and enjoying them. You know what I mean? Like I like that feeling of, of giving. And so... Mm. Even with my friends, you know, like we were talking about a second ago, making an event out of when an album came out, you know, I love that part of, that's why I like the DJ. So as time went on, you know, and I, and I was doing that, I was in love with music. I started to make music and, um, you know, right around the time where I was making music, you know, it, we had like a group, you know what I mean? Shout out to Eli, Odiel. We was making music all self-sufficient, you know what I mean? Mm. Like my man Odiel already was on it. Because he had like the advanced technology class and mm -hmm. in, in, in the tech or whatever, so right. you know he had the computer set up and he had all the programs. So we would record songs ourselves, and then for me, it was just kind of like the the DJing came around because it, it was uh something that I just felt like I was better at than actually making music. You know what I mean? So when I you just, say making music, you was producing. Or you I was, was an rapping. Artist. 
You was a rapper? Rap, yeah. Was, <laughs> what was your rap name? Yeah. Oh, man. What? Was, well, I mean, I, it, was a, <laughs> it wasn't a rap name, though. It was, okay. it was a DJ name when I was rapping at the time. It was Venomix. Venomix? Yeah. That shit trash. Venomix. <laughs> Why? Why? Because my mix was Venomous. That shit trash. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, and then I was like, fuck it. You know, nah, what I mean? fuck to that, just making music shit. I'm you just try. Like, I mean, like, play I, some other people's shit. I feel like, I feel like if you like music, if you ain't try to rap, you don't really like music that much. Honestly, I don't trust you if you're going to sit here and try to explain to me that you never wanted to go to the studio and lay down something. Like, if you ain't if never. If you don't have at least eight bars in a cut in the, in ever, the, at, not right now, but maybe at some point in your life, you had to have. No, you remember your first, like, eight Wanda, or 16. You gotta, you gotta have something in the You remember tongue. your first eight? The 16? Nah, I don't know. Nah, you, nah, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think right now. Where, I, where would I even be able to grab that from? Because I, I know I got some stuff recorded, but mm. all that stuff is far, far in the hard drives, my man. Mm. Far in the hard drives. Venomix. <laughs> but yeah, but now nah, my, my, my pops, you know, the DJ just kind of came along. Actually, mm. this is how it happened. Eli, my brother, came with a Source magazine one day and was mm. like, yo, you know, the back of the Source magazine that had like the... the the packages. Mm. Everything that I'm talking about right now, for the most part, if you were a certain age, you probably are like, Don't what the fuck shit. is he talking about? But the Source magazine, it was a magazine, first off. Magazines were paper that were printed. You know, paper right? that you had to turn the page. <laughs> okay. wash it was a book, and at the end of the book- um, Turn was, the page and wash your hands. It was like, well, they had jewelry at the end of the book. Um, mm. You know, remember they had like, the No Limit pieces and all that shit? I bought and, some. And then they had- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. me too. And then they had the DJ packages, and we got like a $150 DJ package, and then that's kind of how it started. Mm. You know what I mean? Now, now, how'd you get your, your uh, DJ equipment? Like, how'd you learn how to DJ? I, I, I mean, that's not like a skill that you just see one time. You're like, oh, I can do that. Well, luckily, there was there was records. Shout Eli's Step Pops. He was also he was a DJ back in the day, and then my Step Pops was a DJ back in the day. So there was records. So you know, we would first off we started with like a, a, a regular turntable that we had a tech so mm. like ten dollars, not a turntable, it was a record player. Excuse me, it was okay. just a regular record player. And like we that shit just, right there. Just a regular ass. That's a turntable, but I'm just okay, talking about cool. like a regular record player that you would find in somebody's house. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, that you know they were getting rid of, and then we had all these records. We were just fucking them all up, just scratching them and shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that was like, oh, this is what a scratch is. And right. I'm like, oh, you know, and then um, you know, just watching like MTV, like DJ Scribble back in the day. Mm. You know, he would he would he would be on MTV DJing, and honestly, I would just ask a lot of questions too. I was really lucky, man. I was mm. really lucky. I really. And that, and that's that's kind of one of the things that I love about you know my story is the fact that like there's so many people involved and um you know that were willing to you know just eat, whether it be share information with me or you know or at least have me around so I could be basically study so, so DJs like Gooba um you know my man Danny A my man Danny A I was sub promoting for back in the day mm. he had me opening up for DJ Clue when I was like. 40 days into DJing and shit like okay. that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, but these these are opportunities that I had that definitely helped get me to, um, you know, to to have a successful career in this DJ shit, man. Did you ever think that DJ DJing would take you this far? Like the shit you've seen, the places you've been, the people you've met. Did you ever think that when I started DJing, when I yeah. was a teenager or whatever? Yeah. You knew? Yeah, actually. Hmm. I ain't gonna lie. I like that foresight. No, I did. I did. I was going hard, man. Like I was going, you know, me and my mom back in the day, though, we would bump heads like a lot. You know what I mean? Because I like I saw the vision. You know what I mean? And for me, like I could taste it because, like I said, like I felt like there was, I was, um, you know, there was a few degrees of separation. You know, mm. at a real early age. You know what I mean? Like the fact that I could be in these places like the Roxy, 
you know, DJing in Norwalk. The Roxy is a place in Norwalk, Connecticut, by the way. Back in the day, they used to do a lot of team parties, and it was like 800 to 1,000 people. Mm. And and to be exposed to that, and I was like, you know what? If I'm doing this now at 14 years old, mm. you know what I mean? Around 21, 22, I could 14. just imagine where I'm going to end up. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where my mind was, you know? Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, now, like, when I travel, I still kind of like... You know, part of me believed it, but then a part of me is still like, oh, this is unreal because it's like we still do. I still am from Bridgeport mm. and there still is a mentality, you know, that Bridgeport is just like Bridgeport and then it's Bridgeport USA. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, you know, it's like there's not much outside of that. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah, his own yeah. world. So for me to be basically like travel and stuff like that, it's kind of like, damn, and I just wish people could see the same shit I'm seeing. Like not even a picture that I could take could explain mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? And do you remember your first set like ever? Yeah, actually. Actually, okay. I, de- I DJed at a social club. It was where, like, the police, it was like a police social club. Mm. And and my aunt is married to a police officer. Okay. So it was like, you know, I don't even know. It was like some bullshit party that they did or whatever. And um, I had, like, one crate of records, and I just remember, <laughs> like, why did I take this gig? Like, mm. I was just playing the same crate of records over and over and over. <laughs> now, how <laughs> like, old are you, though? Was I? I was, like, 12, 12. 14, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I put in a good word of like, hey, my nephew do this, and then you brought the crate, and you just playing these. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a real event; it was a social club, you know. Yeah. I mean? it, it was where they hung out, so it was like, okay, they could have the jukebox on, or they could be like, fuck it, like you know, let, I can DJ. Let, I guess. let this like, little nigga well, do something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, shit, good luck. Now, how'd you do? Now, how was your nerves? Like, what was you playing? Like, what was the what was the vibe like? Take me, take me through that night if you remember. I just, re- I just remember being like, "Why did I take this?" Being so unprepared, and, mm. and then, but that's why I was glad that I did take it because I was like, you know what? Now I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna half-ass this. You know what I mean? Because, you know, the way I look at it has always been, it wasn't about necessarily me and how I did. It was like, I gotta prove the person right that hired me, even to this day. Mm. You know, so it's like, you know, showing up on time and. And and delivering like those things are important, not just because of for my reputation is because if you recommend me to somebody, mm. I got to make sure that your word is solid and I got to show up for you. You know what I mean? So that's always how I felt like. So my aunt put her name on the line, even though it was the social club. Social it's not club, a big deal. Yeah, it's not but at the end of the day, it's like still she did that. She didn't have to do that. So I felt as if this next gig that I do, whatever it is, I don't remember what it was. I only remember that first one because I felt I want to make sure that I'm that I'm on my shit and I ain't going to fuck around. You know what I mean? Okay. Now, were you DJing in high school? Did you DJ a lot of high school parties, a lot of high school functions? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely did that. Uh, a few pet rallies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was actually sk- I was actually skipping uh, middle school to go to high school because all my friends were already in high school. Remember, I, told you, I, I was hanging out yeah, with Yeah, you're hanging out with older people, yeah. So, like, I was doing, like, their pet rally and shit like that and getting, like, a pass mm. to go do that or whatever because, you know... Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was like full at it at that time. Like mm. around sophomore, you know, junior year, I was like DJing like heavy, heavy. Yeah. Now, did you graduate high school? Yeah, I did. Did you go to college? It was, the, it was. The, nah, I didn't do college. You didn't do college, so you went straight from high school to just doing this DJ thing full time, or like, what's the transition? Yeah, it was the DJ thing full time. You know, occasionally there would you know be a part time job or something that I would have to take. Mm. Um, you know, I cast some checks. Definitely did that, you know, shout out yeah. to ex-bankers, um, <laughs> you know. Um, so there's even people to this day that come up like, oh, I'll be DJing. I'm like, oh, shit, you the, you the one that was cashing my check? 
Damn, niggas is old. <laughs> yeah, I was cashing your check. I know how much you make. Don't get it fucked yeah, up. Don't get, it, don't get it fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I put this shit on blast. Nah, nah. DJ Santo came a long way. You know, it, it was like bullshit, like factory jobs or whatever, but I never had nothing serious besides DJ. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have a plan B at that point? Like, did you know, like, in high school or, or in, like, middle school that, like, yo, this is all I want to do. There's nothing else. There's no plan B. You just said, fuck college. I'm going to just go. Nah, there was no plan B. It was no plan B, but... You know, like my like I was talking about my man Orielli, it was all self sufficient. So, you know, I I knew that even if it wasn't necessarily just DJing in particular, mm. I knew that I was gaining skills and I was building a network mm. so that I was gonna be all right. You know what I mean? Because like I was designing flyers, um, I was skipping English class to be in you know, in uh, advanced technology. You know, because I went to a technical school when I when I first started. Then I went to Basic after, but that's a different story. But yeah, I was I was like learning how to use Photoshop, and my teacher would teach me how to use Photoshop in in high school. Mm. So I was designing all my own shit. Okay. Even to this day, like I do a lot of the designs for like the the Chris Webby tours and everything that we do. That and then also I was learning how to do video. So there were other skills that I that I learned how to do. We were recording all of our own music. So I'm like, man, listen, man, this shit gonna pay off one way or the other. You know what I'm mm. saying? So now you started the All Out Brothers in what, 2006, I want to say? Yeah. Okay, now what, who do the All Out Brothers consist of? Like, what is everyone doing that? So basically the All Out Brothers is more like a, it's more of a family, you know Mm. what I mean? It's just more of a family. It's just the crew that I started with, you know? So like Eli right now, he's selling cars. He's the manager at at Colonial Toyota, but he- Ask for Eli. Yeah, (laughs) ask for Eli. But he, you know, he was very, very essential to everything because even to this day, I can call Eli and I could be like, yo- I got this idea, whatever the case is, I don't got a name for it. And he'll instantly come up with a name. He's come, he's come up with like every name creatively for all of our dope events. And you know what I'm saying? So I have family that I consider to be the all our brothers. Mm. And when we do business, we do business every now and then. But more importantly, is this is this that's my family. They hold me down. You know what I mean? Projo, DJ Projo, that's my partner in crime. He does international Sundays on Hot 937 with me. Mm. That's actually my cousin. Okay. So we're family in real life. Like blood. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's a part of it, you know. My man DJ Double T, uh, we used to go to high school together. Mm. So anybody from Bridgeport, Connecticut, you got to be familiar with who Double T is Definitely. because he's incredible. Um, so you know we we just so there's a lot of people that's all our brothers that's not even like officially all our brothers. You know what I mean? I, I consider a lot of people um, all our brothers that that fuck with me. You know what I mean? Mm. So my man Juice Jones, that's my mentor. Juice Jones, shout out to Juice. Yeah. Now for a kid that. Went to high school, graduated, but didn't go to college. Now, what's your, what's your, I guess, advice to someone that has a dream, but everybody keeps telling them they have to go to college, they have to, they have to have a plan B, they have to have this to fall back on, just in case this shit don't work. Whatever you fuck with and like and like to do, don't work. As far as college is concerned, I just feel like by the time you hit the age where you got to start preparing for college, if you found what you love and what you're passionate about and it involves um, you know, having to get more education and having to get college involved, then by all means go for it. But even with like um like if but if it doesn't, there's real life experience that's gonna get you a lot more than college, depending on what field you're in. Hmm. And not saying you don't ever have to, but there's nothing wrong with taking a little bit of time and figuring it out. You know what I mean? Hmm. Because a lot of things that you might want to do at 16, 17 years old n- might not be what you want to do at 2021. 20, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. So so to get yourself <clears throat> you know, locked into that situation where now you got to end up potentially being in debt for something that you felt pressure. See this nigga? 
you felt pressure to be to be a part because that's what it is too. It's like society's pressuring you that this is the way that this mm-hmm. is done. Just like with girls and how they how they figure like by a certain age they have to be married. Married with kids. You know what I mean? This. And if, if you if you pass a certain age and you're not married or with kids, then you start to get judged. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's like you run your timeline of how you so if you want to meet certain goals before you do certain things, then that's on you. Don't let the fuck everybody else is doing. And and that's you know it's cliche to be like you know focus on your lane, don't look to see what everybody else is doing. But it's real, you know what I mean? Because even with me, I think we all struggle with it. Sometimes I got to put the phone down myself to this day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'll be on Instagram and I'll be like, ah, right, you know what? You know, cause you start to get discouraged. You know, mm-hmm. damn, cause you're looking at what somebody else is doing. And when you start to realize that all of that shit is really perspective, it's just really about how you're looking at it and what they choosing to show you. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's what your perspective of what successful is. But for me, I just feel like being successful is enjoying what it is that you're doing and enjoying every step of the way, even if it means that there are uncomfortable parts. But that's how you learn to appreciate when it gets good. You know mm. what I mean? Because you you you've had the ups and downs. If everything's all peachy and you taking a ride and it's you start to feel a little bump, you're not gonna really know how to control that bump if you exactly. never dealt with it. You gotta basically go through certain things to know how to handle them. So for me, I just feel like the process is and I feel like I'm I'm really like I talked about that before, you know what I mean? Because it always sounded good to talk about, but I feel like I'm more recently I'm actually fully really understanding it because mm. of this whole quarantine, everything that we're dealing with. Mm. When you start to really look back and be like, okay, what have I accomplished? And it's not okay. Where have I DJ? What's my resume? It's okay. Who have I influenced? And you start to look at like, okay, damn, there's certain people that because of me are friends now and they work now and they get money now. There's certain people that I've I've helped employed or I've helped bridge the gap and we those are the things that you got to weigh your success with so it's not always about okay i want to put 40 hours 60 hours 80 hours this week at the end of the week what is that going to amount to mm-hmm. that's not what it always has to be about you know what i mean you got to weigh your pros and cons the way you want to weigh and what your values are what's mm-hmm. important to you you know what i mean so sometimes when i get a little tired i'm like okay i gotta remind myself damn if i slow down now then what about all the advice i was speaking about when i was with connecticut against violence and this kid's asking me these questions and they, and they looking up to me to, to help set the, you know, pave the way. Mm. I got to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm creating that example because for me, I don't have kids. Mm. So I feel like it's important for me to do my part, at least however I could. I feel like all parents across the board have a responsibility and it's raising the next generation. Right. You know what I mean? So if you have kids, you have a huge responsibility. My, my rules of how I live life and your rules could be totally different because you got to live your life based on you know, providing for somebody, somebody else. So I can else. never judge you for that. So so when DJs, when they talk about undercutting and they talk about all these, I, I don't judge nobody for the decision they make in their career, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You want to go DJ a gig and fucking DJ for a bottle on a hookah, that's on you. You know what I'm saying? If I didn't get booked for that, <laughs> that and you per- did. That feel personal. <laughs> if I, no, no. What I'm saying is, if you could afford to do that, right. then that's on you. What the fuck? I give a fuck about what's, what's, what's in your pocket. You know what right. I'm saying? I never really understood, you know, figuring out, okay, damn, what's oh, how niggas be this, you, how niggas nah, be counting like, the other niggas' nah, pockets? I, I don't understand counting other people's pockets. Like, what's the upside in it, really? You know what I mean? I just don't understand it. I mean, all I got from that is Santo don't got debt and he follow his own rules. That nigga don't he ain't got no college debt. He do what he <laughs> wanna do. He knew what the fuck he wanted to do. I do what I do. wanna do. He I mean, that's that's a freedom though. That's a freedom you know? that most people don't have. That's that's a I would say that's a luxury. Because it's so many people like myself that want that, but don't have the ball to jump out on a ledge and get that. 
And it's because I, I I truly believe it's partly because I don't have kids, you know, because mm. I think if I had kids, it'd be a whole I would have different... made a lot of different decisions, you know what I mean? Mm. I like I, I I could live by a code and I could basically make decisions, you know, with my gut because I know, okay, if anybody's gonna starve at the end of the night, it's gonna be me. And I can deal with that. You know what I mean? I can get I'll be all right, you know what I mean? But I I, I don't know if I can live with being comfortable, like, oh, you know, I turn that down, um, you know, and then I gotta like struggle. And feed somebody, you know, like another human being, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's different, you know what I mean? Right. I don't have kids, so I can kind of yeah, that brings move a, a little differently. That brings about a whole different set of issues. So now, I got a bunch of questions now. <laughs> so, so now you don't have kids, and we've been on lockdown for maybe like, you know, what, since I'll say like March or whatever. It's October. Shit has slowly opened up. We still shouldn't be outside or whatever. Now, as an introvert, how's your mental health? Like, how how have you been in this whole pandemic? Been tough. I'm gonna tell you this. <clears throat> Part of the reason why we rescheduled so many times was because the whole plan that I had just pretty much got demolished, mm. and I just felt like instead of forcing it, mm. I'm just gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna just take this opportunity. The, the universe is pausing for a reason, and I'm gonna just it was always an excuse for me. You know what I mean? Let me just put it like, you know, me getting my shit together as far as health, mm. mental health, my personal life. My excuse always, because I've been doing this for, for so long, mm. since, since a very young age, was always because I, I'm just, I'm running. You know, I'm running, 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 chasing my dreams, mm. quote unquote, doing this. But now I'm like, what the fuck's the excuse not to take some time and focus on myself? So I just decided to say, you know what, everything as far as business is concerned, mm. I'm just going to hold off. Um, until I feel like I'm I'm ready to, you know what I mean? So like, you know, more more recently I kind of been like acknowledging the fact that, you know what, I gotta kinda like take these moments to say, you know what, on Sundays, I'm gonna go visit my pops mandatory at least once a week, twice a week, mm. and go chill and literally do nothing besides watch power. Um yeah. you know, bullshit like that. You know, yeah. shit that I that I wasn't doing, that I was too busy mm. to be doing, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So I just felt like now. Um, I'm better than I was a few months ago mm. um, just because I'm I'm taking those steps and I'm actually like, you know what? I'm forcing myself to focus on my health, you know? Mm. So I'm doing like the gym and, and the cardio and, and trying to eat better, like, you know, quitting the soda and just mm. simple things, but like things that I feel like are not for anybody else, but they're for me. And that was my thing where I realized recent, recently was like, yo, all my time was just con like contributed towards this and this shit ain't, ain't really even that real. Mm. Not even really that serious. Nah. It's really not. When you put it into perspective, it was like, yo, when they say essential jobs, DJing wasn't on the list. Not. Nah. <laughs> it's not on the list. You know what I'm saying? So when you start to think about, damn, how really, how important really is this? Mm. It's really self-serving. You know what I mean? It's really for me. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm like, fuck all that shit, man. Let me just chill. Let me um try to connect with people. And then let me have this conversation as much as possible, like that we're having now. Just mm. to, because I know that I'm... I, I felt like it was a point where I wasn't really talking to nobody. It was just me. And then as the more and more I started talking to people, I started realizing, okay, it ain't just me. So mm. that made me feel a little bit better. The fact that like, you know what, we're all kind of going through this. So who the fuck am I to complain? Right. Now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I went through that as well because I do have an essential job. And I was thinking about if I did take that leap of faith and I had a job where I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to hustle. You know, I, I got kids. So it was like, I'm going to just put myself out there and do what I want to do. But now... The world shuts down, and now I got to find a way to feed these kids. But if I did take that leap of faith, 
they go hungry, something happens, they don't have the the, the, the proper health care or like something. Now that I'm working still, it's like, OK, everything's still cool. They can still eat. I can provide for myself. It was, I, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Like this whole shutdown, I feel like it really put a lot of shit into perspective with a lot of people where it was like. People thought about their mortality more. Mm-hmm. People thought about their finances more. People just thought about themselves more. They thought about what's important. You know, all this uh, superficial shit when it comes to, I guess, the internet. And I guess when it comes to, like, people that like that, like, have to be on the scene. And then, but like a lot of introverts, what it did for them is it forced them to sit down. And a lot of, I, I feel like there's a there's a thing where, like, there's people that's always out. They got to party every week and they got to be on the scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, like, running from something. So they have to be on the scene to escape them thoughts. But then when you're forced to sit down, it's like, hey, it's a virus out there. It's a disease out there that's going to fucking kill you if you don't, uh, you know, react to it properly. And it forced them to actually, like, reevaluate and actually, like, get into themselves and see what the fuck is wrong and, I guess, fix it. Yeah, in a, in a way, but this whole pandemic, I feel like it's it's been rough on the people that don't have essential jobs because there's a lot of people that's been laid off. DJs like for for one, like I listened to the uh the Breakfast Club and DJ Envy was talking about yo, I can't do shit for a while. Like I I don't got nothing to do. He was doing like a fundraiser where it was like he was DJing online. It was like you raising money for other DJs and shit. Where it was like people can't go to the club. So how do DJs eat? That's the only form of income. Like, what the fuck do they do? So now, how was that for you though? Like, how how did you actually stay afloat in the, in these trying times? Like, were you responsible with your money before? I mean, really, yeah. It was just like savings that helped me down, and then um, yeah, that's pretty much it, honestly. And like, right. I, I didn't have to really like, you know, I, I haven't had to knock on wood get a nine to five yet. Yeah. And hopefully, I don't, I won't have to do that anytime Ever. soon. Um, you know, but um, yeah, it was my savings that helped me down, and then um. Yeah, man, like I said, I, and then also I'm working on music too, though, you mm. know, so that was another thing too. I was kind of already making the transition from like not having to fully rely on DJing to get by. Mm. And it just kind of like stopped me right in my tracks before I really got to really right. uh, accomplish that goal. So that kind of fucked me up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Mm. But it's still, it's not like the the music is not there. So the reason why I, I'm not stressing too much is because I know even though it's not out in the world, I know it's there and it's valuable if it exists. So I got music that's in the hard drive. That as soon as things start opening up a little bit more where I could actually like go out and really promote it, then I'm gonna start putting it out. But that's okay. the reason why I held it is because I just couldn't I don't I, I felt like I didn't have the luxury to just to be releasing music without going out and promoting it. You know what I mean? There's certain artists that had the fan base built to do that. Me just getting back from DJing and going into the producing and releasing music, mm. I just didn't feel like I, I had that luxury to do that. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna wait until, you know Things are back to normal. Yeah, I can move a little bit, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause that was a part of the plan. You know what I mean? Like you know, we had a hundred shows, nearly a hundred shows booked for this year all around the world. Mm. And that was all a part of the plan of how I was going to promote this music, where I was going to target ads and everything like that. Why certain music was going to get released at certain times. Mm. And I was like, damn, none of this shit happening. If I still release the music, it's going to be a waste in my opinion. Um, You know, so I'm like, I'm going to hold it. So I'm mm. holding it right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, how and long, making more music too while we at it. How long you been producing music? Three years. Three years or so? Yeah. Okay. Because Rock, Paper, Scissors was my first placement on Annoyed's album, and that was uh, 2017, I believe. Oh, shout out to you. Oh, shit. Look at that. Thank because you. I remember it was, I don't remember who the fuck it was who was at Hot 937 that was making a mixtape, 
And they might be the reason why I'm in the studio that I'm in right now. <laughs> because it was someone that worked at Hot 937 that used to go to a studio in Brantford. We ain't going to say the name because we don't promote other motherfuckers. It's only G Studio. And they had locked out. They, they, they had, like, booked a room. Yeah. They had booked a room in, in the, like, the downstairs studio of that building. I, le- I leased that studio for six months, by the way. So that's where I learned how to produce. Okay. Yeah. So that might have been you. <laughs> Did I? Did I don't know. Because at, at some point, because cause there's two levels, right? So there's the downstairs studio and the upstairs studio, the one in Brentford, right? I know I invited a few people while I was over there, but I don't know. So now uh, the owner, Mike, he tells me like, yo, you can't use the studio because the dude that works at Hot 937, he can come in here at any point in time and just start recording music and making music oh, or, okay, or, okay, okay. or whatever the fuck he want to do. So we had to use the upstairs studio. And something went wrong with the upstairs studio, so it was like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here. We ain't, we ain't fucking with this no more. And that's when I found my man G. <laughs> so I don't know if it was you. No, nah, yeah, it was, because yeah, I, had a, I had a lease on it. G, full circle. Is G in there? G, you in there? Full circle, my nigga. Yeah, I had a six-month lease on it. <laughs> full circle. This nigga is the reason why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was uh, 2016. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I've been doing this podcast five years. I was learning how in 2016, and then I was really like showing people beats in 2017. Yeah, because I, yeah, I was doing a podcast for maybe like eight months to maybe like a year in that studio, and then the nigga just all of a sudden told me like, "Hey, you can't use this." Oh yeah, that was the podcast room. Yeah, because yeah, Roundtable was doing Roundtable over there too. Exactly. Yeah. Yo, G, he's the reason why I'm here. <laughs> look at this full circle shit on the anniversary. Look at this full circle shit, B. That's what's up. Fucking, fucking nuts, man. <laughs> Now, um, so I guess you survived the pandemic, I want to say. Now, on October 31st, you plan on doing like a Halloween party? Oh, yeah, I'm DJing a Halloween How party. How do you feel about that, first of all? Like, do you feel safe enough or is it just like, I need money, I need to be around people? Like, what's, um, what's, the, what's, the, what's your mindset? So, I mean, I'm not the one putting it together, but it is it is fan that's putting it together. So I am I am involved. I'm not going to say a fucking lie to you. Like, I mm. am involved. And, and I did go to the venue. And and the venue holds two hundred. We're doing seventy five. Okay. And half of the venue is outside, even though it's, it's um okay. It's gonna be late October, but it's a patio. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, you know, so that that kind of made me feel a little bit better. And I was like, you know what? End of the day, it's people's decision. What? Because that was that was. I'm glad you asked because a lot of people have been asking me about these brunches. Like ever since you know phase two came along, they were like, "Yo, what's up with the brunch?" I'm like, "Yo, y'all bugging out. I'm not doing they shit. Just don't like to wear the mask, man. I'm not doing shit." And then um, you know, more and more people going out. You know, I'm doing like weddings and stuff like that. So I am like, you know, low key like DJing and stuff like that. But um, mm. I was like, you know what? If I do something, we just gotta make sure that that it's right and it's regulated. So I, I definitely stress that. Mm. Um, you know, and then, and also we're keeping it like a secret with the location because we don't want anybody that we don't know. That's gonna make sure that the rules are are kept. So we don't want just random people pulling yeah, up. Yeah, pulling and up. And then we man. have to have extra security to make sure that people now. We want to make sure that everybody there knows each other and you know are we're all concerned for each other's safety. Mm. And there's a common courtesy to be like, all right, let's respect the rules. You know what I mean? So that's kind of why I was like, all right, I could do this. So at this point, it's it's, it's not a money grab. It's just you know, I'm nah, nah, it's not like, a money grab. Yeah, it's I'm like, not, yo, I'm let's let's do, people. Yeah, let's like, do yeah. something to. And another thing too, Halloween. I haven't been around for the last five years for Halloween, and Halloween is always a fun holiday to. Uh, yeah, get back to, to some market. Normalcy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's always a fun Halloween uh, to to market to do dope flyers and videos, and you know, e- even just like the night of, people like having an opportunity to not be themselves, and it's just yeah. like it, it's fun, especially when you do costumes mandatory. Mm-hmm. 
you know, people get the opportunity to kind of go out of themselves and now be somebody else. So I, I like Halloween. Yeah, definitely. Now, I, I wanted to dress up this Halloween, but I don't know what's going to go on with this whole fucking pandemic and shit. I don't know. Like, you know, cases are starting to spike now. I don't know how it is in Connecticut, but like surrounding areas where it's like, you know, it's slowly creeping to the East Coast in the New England area. I don't feel that safe going out, but I feel like for my birthday, I want to risk it and go do something. But I just don't know what yet. But I'll figure something out. Yeah, they out here though. I mean, have have you been traveling? I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, man. Shout shout out to the West Indians, yo. They've been holding this shit the fuck down. Tulum is popping right now. They've been holding it down. But yeah, Mexico. I've been seeing. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of. Yeah, I've been seeing Mexico is like where it's at. Have you been to Mexico this whole pandemic? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I would have started with that. Yo, I'm just saying, like, like yo, yo, by the way, I, you know what I mean? I just got my COVID test. I'm cool. Yo, you know, I just yo, came from Mexico. My homegirl said, yo, she been on planes after planes after planes for like at, at least the last two, three months. She said she ain't been tested the whole time. Like on and off the plane, she ain't been tested not once. She bugging out. Yo, but she, she been, bugging out. I, I got a test because we did a retreat not too long ago. So I got a test. I had to make sure people I'm staying in the house with, you know, I mean, I had to make sure I was good, you know, for my conscience. I can't just be out. Yeah, can't be out contaminating folks. Yeah, I had a I, yeah, <laughs> you know definitely. I, I I had a scare maybe like a month or two ago where I was like, uh, I, w- I was in contact with somebody that might have been in contact with somebody that might have had the, the thing. So I was like, I got a quarantine for like two weeks. That shit wasn't fun at all. What that's doing to us is so crazy, man. Like our anxiety. Like I was doing like the past I, few gigs that I did, bro. The way people look at people is wild. Yeah, it's now. like it's, it's so awkward too. It's like how do I approach you know. Do I pound or do I, <laughs> or like okay, like the mask and yeah, I you know what I mean? It's, yeah, and just like that, you know, that anxiety. The last few gigs I did, I felt really anxious. It used to be lie. if you was black motherfuckers across the street, like white people across the street, just because they scared of you. Now it's just like any race of motherfucker. If you don't have a mask on, they're just across the street just because they're scared of catching COVID. And I don't, it's not even just anxious, um, because of okay, I'm I'm you know catching the. the no, nah, it's not even really about that. I think it's just being an introvert. Not being around people like that, and then being around people—not nothing yeah. to do with the virus. The virus gives you some sort of anxiety, but just seeing people again, you know, yeah, what I mean? it's, it's and, and having to be social and be like, you know, yeah. and having to have that like a conversation and shit like that in person is like, and oh be, shit, this is kind of awkward. Like, scared I, of the conversation. I haven't done like, this in a, in a while. I don't know what you got. It's kind of. I'm used to talking to a fucking screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the mean, last six months. I mean that that that's that's been a lot of people's reality for a while now, where people are scared to go out now. Being that you work for Hot 937, you haven't been back to the studio since, what, like March or late February? March, yeah. March, you haven't been back to the studio. So now everything is is, is a Zoom call. Everything is over the internet. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you think that's going to... Now, Matter of fact, when are y'all going back to the studio? Is there a timetable at all? Um, We're hoping the part-timers can get back by the first quarter of next year. Okay. Um, And then also... Right now, the booking agents are kind of the booking agent that we're dealing with with Webby, with Chris Webby. They're kind of planning for April, May. Mm. So they, we have like a bunch of tentative shows for April and May, like a whole tour pretty much lined up. Mm. And we're just waiting for that time to come around just to make sure that it's, it's going to be all good. And if it ain't, then we have to reschedule again. But this is like the fourth time that we've scheduled a tour in the same area mm-hmm. since it started, since March. So. You know, then when they telling me it's like, yo, that's what they when they schedule, I'm like, man, that shit don't even mean shit. It don't. <laughs> I'm like, okay. At, at all at this point. <laughs> like, okay, it's scheduled. That don't mean it's happening. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? A- so, anything can, can it's like go on. Kanye with West shit. album. I mean, scheduled. That don't mean it's happening. <laughs> dog. Yeah, when I t- when you talk about the fall from grace, my nigga, like that. 
I'm, I missed the like I'm dead ass missed the old Kanye. Cussing out niggas just like, hey, George Bush don't care about black people. Beyonce got the best video of all time. I miss somewhat. You're not even talking about his music. You're talking about his. Uh, I, I just talk. I'm just talking about yeah, his, his personality his, versus his, his mental state. I feel like like ever since his mom passed, he's just been off the rails and just I don't know what's going on with that man. So yeah. now, International Santo, what's your favorite place in the world to travel besides this godforsaken fucking U.S. of A? <laughs> Um, I love Canada. I love Australia. I think probably was was up there. Australia. Yeah, man. How long Australia. was that flight? Ain't that like an eighteen hour flight or some shit? Yeah, dog. Yeah, I I didn't know anything about what was gonna happen. Um, you know, with the time and everything. Yeah. And we land like we left like Sunday or mm. something like that, and landed like Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all time traveled? <laughs> we, no, we dead. We dead serious. It's like a whole. It's like a whole thing ahead over there. Niggas in it's a Marvel film. Niggas, I, I, yeah. niggas in the fucking quantum realm. <laughs> I remember like, wait, what? I'm like, wait. I can, I'm like, hold up. This is this is crazy. I remember it was my sister's birthday when I was out there. Mm. And I had to wish her a happy birthday like a day ahead of time. Day ahead of time. <laughs> Some shit. Whatever it was. It was day behind, day ahead. I don't even fucking remember. But yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty far. Okay. So you- Australia was cool. I think um, there's some spots in Europe that I really liked. Um... I think uh, Amsterdam for obvious reasons. Right, right, right. You know, Germany for some more obvious reasons. Yeah. Not so obvious as, as Amsterdam, but... I mean, I get you. Uh, yeah. I Google stuff. I know. I be knowing stuff. Toronto, though. Toronto. Toronto's a big one, though. Toronto. I said Canada earlier, but really specifically Toronto. I heard... It's because Toronto got a scene, bro, that I didn't really like... I went to the club. Put it like this. I went to the club and I DJed a set somewhere. Mm. And I thought I did all right, you know? Mm. I got off the I got off the set dog. The DJ that went on after me just started playing like Caribbean music, but not like not like the bullshit, like real, like okay. I'm like, mm. oh wait, what? I could have did this. I could have went here with it. Yeah. And like the scene was real, real, real versatile, real, real Caribbean out there. And I, I yeah. like that about Toronto. That's what I heard about that part of Canada where it was like they got a real like Caribbean, like it's it's a lot of Caribbeans out there. And they really vibe to the music. Dancehall was heavy, and then not only that, but Afrobeat too. You know, this is like when the Burner Boy yeah was um, yeah, just like kind of bubbling. I mean, when they when they talk about Drake, they say that that's where a lot of Drake influence come from. Where it was like he do like the different dialects and voices mm-hmm. when he when he be rapping and shit. It was like no, that that scene is really out there. So Drake ain't just like faking the funk just for the sake of like trying to catch everybody in this in in his music. It was like nah, he probably grew up with that shit. Nah, it is because I remember like hitting. You know the A records at the time, mm. like the most popular records, with, like hip hop records, and I remember that they weren't even as half as effective as just like the nineties, two thousands dance hall. And I was mm. like, oh damn! Shout out to Toronto for that. You know, it felt like a fucking. I really felt like I was in a, like a like an old house party back in the day, like a basement party. That's that was like the vibe that I had, and I was like, I love that. Now, when you hit these new spots that are like outside of like Connecticut or, or outside of your norm, do you still get nervous? Um, that's an interesting question, man. That's an interesting question. I, I actually, the reason why I started producing was because I stopped getting nervous. Mm. And, um, so like now I get more jittery and I get more nervous playing one or two people, a, a beat or a song in a studio than I do playing for hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like second nature for me. And this is like something that I, you know, that I'm, that I'm, you know, not as, well versed and as i am in the dj so for me i, I just that was kind of why because I, I remember specifically it was it was hot jam whatever the year the migos performed mm. i don't remember what it was a few years ago 
And um, it was a Hot, hot Jam was a Hot 97 concert where that the Xfinity Theater, it's 20,000 people. When I, and I did like an hour set, bro, that day because mm. the Migos were late. And I remember before I went on, you know, you think your whole career and your whole life is built up to be like, yo, for moments like that, you know what I mean? To be able to have those moments where you could, you, you know, you can't even see people anymore because they're ants. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like that type of vibe. And I, and I remember like not even really feeling uh, any butterflies before I went on like that. And then I, I remember doing it. I blacked out when I did it. Don't re- really remember much of when I was on stage. Mm. And then when I got off. Um, it just wasn't as satisfying as I thought it was going to be, you know, mm. I, like my whole life. I just thought it was going to be this feeling and I didn't get that feeling. Um, I felt like, man, something, something's wrong with me. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like there was definitely, cause I, I used to, you know, I would get that feeling, you know, DJing regular parties, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or DJing on the radio for the first time and things like that. So when I had that opportunity, I'm like, damn, why didn't I get that feeling? I'm like, nah, there's something wrong with me, you know? So mm. I, I had to like really do something and, and. That was also at a time where, like, the business was starting to get overwhelming. I'm not even going to lie. There was a lot going on. Um, I had just first started touring around that time. And um, nobody really told me how to prepare for touring. Mm. That, like, when you go out there, like, <laughs> make sure your shit's together at home. Because if not, everything might fall apart. Fall apart. Um, you know, so I was a lot going on. And I just, like, you know what? Let me lease the studio. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And let me, let me, yeah. let me, you know, let me dive into this and let me learn how to do this. So, I mean, but now after producing, now I started to get that feeling back. You know what I mean? Because now mm. it's like that playing music for people feeling again. I started to get back in the studio and I'm like, okay. Right. Now I want to not just playing beats for people. Now we're making records now. Now I want to play these records for people. You know what mm. I'm saying? To see how they react to it. So yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting that energy back. Yeah. I, I recently did that with this uh this podcast where I took a break where I was like, I'm not doing shit that got to do with podcasting at all. I'm just, you know, going to take a break recalibrate you know try to get shit right with my mental health and shit that's going on in my personal life and just like you know just take that me time you know i'm a i'm kind of i don't know if i teeter the line of introvert and extrovert i don't know but it's like i'm I'm on that line where it's like i need time for me but i also need to be outside yeah yeah for you same shit so it's like you know i I just had to take that time recently where it was like shit was getting too much and i was like i don't know if i'm depressed or i'm just like really really sad because i feel like there's, there's like two types of depression where it's like the situational depression and there's like the chemical imbalance depression i feel like so much shit was happening in my life where i was like i gotta sit the fuck down yeah. it wasn't like i need pills and no shit like that where it was like that's gonna you know get me back to yeah like I pain needed. it wasn't like you had to do yeah it wasn't like like a trauma yeah, like it, that. it was more yeah, like, like i wake I up and i just can't get out the bed and you know yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. type of shit but it was like i just need to get right i need to you know focus and just Something's off, and I need to figure out what the fuck is off. Yeah. Now you finally figured out what was off, like why you felt that type of way when you when you uh when you started producing. Now, what gives you more of a high? I guess now these days is it the DJing aspect or is it the producing aspect? Well, um, um, it's 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 both. It's both. I mean, I I enjoy I enjoy DJing, but I enjoy DJing when I when it doesn't feel like work. You mm-hmm. know, like you know certain gigs feel like work you know so like weddings and stuff like that mm. that's a that's you know i'm showing up to a job yeah, yeah i'm doing yeah. a wedding you know what i mean this is this is this is this young but do ladies. they pay better though yeah of course exactly so it's like of course so the, yeah yeah no we're gonna do the weddings yeah yeah the fucking you know we're gonna do the weddings bride but, and groom want to hear what they want to hear you know certain weddings yeah. are fun you know if they know me 
mm-hmm. you know, and they're familiar with me and they're like fans of of what I do on the radio or something like that. Mm. Then it, then it's then it's a little different because I don't I don't have to win them over like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you get a recommendation from somebody and it's a wedding and they just went to your website and filled out a form and yeah. you know what I mean? It's like yeah, that's you know, and then, like, then you got to do the whole meeting and then it's like, all right, now I got to be professional, you know. Yeah, that's one. Well, people that that know me and they know the type of music I play, it's like, okay, you get it. You know, you want a club for your wedding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That you don't want to become contrived. Yeah, so I mean, but, but with the producing, it's just fun hearing hearing something that first of all you heard in your head, then just like it's like a newborn baby where it's just like it just has all these phases mm-hmm. to where it could end up potentially being out in the world and then people enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? Like that process is the fun part for me. Mm-hmm. It's not just sitting down, opening up Ableton and like, okay, nah, it's just like doing something and then doing like, okay, damn, I can't wait till Annoy gets his hands on this or so and so gets their hands on this and then they could bring it to another level that I didn't even picture. And then, you know, so I, I just enjoy that process mm-hmm. of creating. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Because I'm, I'm I'm the exact same way. Now, you mentioned before that, um, you know, going on tour, you got to make sure that everything is right at home before you actually, like, get into that tour life. Now, are you allowed to have, like, a relationship on tour where it was like you got to foster that relationship but still be able to perform on the road? believe like your significant other for like months at a time um i haven't really had to deal with that i've been single for i've been single for a while just because of that um i don't really like to explain myself mm-hmm. so it's like everybody says they get it mm-hmm. but they you know but at the end of the day whether you get it that just sounds nice yeah like whether you think you get it or you might like you might get it like um like logically like okay like i get this is what you do but at the mm-hmm. end of the day it's like we're all human beings and like we talked about before we all have our needs, you mm-hmm. know, and, and when it comes to women, man, they, they need a certain amount of attention and they need a certain amount of security, mm-hmm. you know, and um that comes with the attentiveness, the secureness, you know. So when you out and, and, and doing your thing, um, you know, for me, I like to give things my undivided attention. So mm-hmm. like with this podcast, for instance, <clears throat> my phone, I can't even tell you what my phone is, actually. That's my point, though. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's exactly my point. I literally can't even find my phone. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like when I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Right. You know what I mean? And and any, anybody that knows me, they they contact me if they if they don't get a text right back or they don't get a um, you know, an answer, they understand it's because I'm busy and then I'll get back to them. Right. But you know, when you have a relationship, it can't it's not you don't get that Nothing privilege, like that. you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just like, man, doing the road, I I've been on the road where, you know, my 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 guys on the road, they got to deal with that. And I and I be feeling bad because I'm like, it's hard to really deal with being on the road and dealing with at home because you want to make sure that mm. everybody's happy. You know what I'm saying? So you got to split yourself up. You know, you got to split, divide some of your attention to what's going on at home. You also got to make sure that that you're healthy enough to be able to deliver for the person that's paying for that ticket. Mm. And my thing is this, man. Like, there's a lot of people that when they go out to events, you know. They going out. There's some people that had to find babysitters. Mm-hmm. You know, had to you know, probably plan for a, a month ahead of time. Had mm-hmm. to call out of work. Might be their birthday. They they waited the whole year to come around and celebrate their school. birthday. They might have just graduated. <laughs> you know, something bad might have happened in their life where they want to you know go out and 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 occupy their mind for a little while to kind of forget about what's happening. So all of these things could be going on 
if I decide to be selfish enough to focus on whatever's going on with me and give you a half-ass show when you paid to see me, mm. I feel like that's a disservice to you. You know right. what I'm saying? But for me, that's how I was kind of like, you know what? I can't keep doing that, though. Don't get me wrong. That's why I was like, let me let me transition and try to do something with, with the music where, um, you know, I could basically relieve some of that time and focus on my personal life a little bit more mm. and focus on maybe settling down and stuff like that and having that income coming in from the music rather than having to focus on go get in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm tired of going to get the bag. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm trying to... The bag needs to come find me. Right, right. This right. fucking time. Nigga. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, <laughs> I'm not there yet. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's like, until I get there, then then I'll put my energy and time into, into doing the whole relationship thing. Like, serious, now, seriously. You know now, what I mean? now, what are DJ groupies like, though? Like, like, the, like I guess every faction of, like, a tour or, like, the entourage has their type of groupies. So, like, the artist has his groupies. You know, the uh, hype man has his groupies. What are DJ groupies like? If you can talk about it. <laughs> so, um, uh, we probably get the leftovers. Right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say who. I can't even go to who, what the totem pole is. No, no, don't, don't, don't even, even like, wanna, you know, say names. You know what I'm saying? In trouble, you know? I ain't even going to really go with do, do, do. But yeah, the DJ probably get the leftovers. I ain't even gonna the lie. The DJ get the leftovers after you didn't rock the crowd. You didn't got the, the the fucking audience ready for the artist or whatever. See, you... a lot of people don't understand, right? The DJ, he, not not even just touring. The DJ is usually the last person to fucking leave. It's always all fun and games till everybody's out and about. Hmm. And the DJ didn't had to pack up all his shit. So mind you, we on the road. Guess what? When y'all motherfuckers finish that show and leave, I'm right. still sitting there having to pack all this shit up, right? Right. So. There's a another person that probably done took this opportunity and was swept off <laughs> while while and, and striked while the iron was hot. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say leftovers. I don't mean to be disrespectful. That's not what I meant when I said leftovers. No, I just meant like I meant to say like the stragglers, you know right. what I'm saying? Like the ones that are like, all right, like, you know, they didn't, you know. Sometimes you gotta take one for the team, sometimes it's like, hey, you know, she already been had, and it's like, hey, she just here. <laughs> the she here. She's leftovers. That's fucked up. Uh, nah, yo, it is. Yo, it is what it is. We all been there. We are, <laughs> niggas been leftovers. We didn't have leftovers. Leftovers. <laughs> it yeah, happens, man. baby. Yeah, what? Some crazy shit that, that went down on the road. I didn't see some crazy shit. I ain't gonna lie. Like I, I didn't seen. You talk about groupies. I didn't seen male groupies. Mm, that's the worst. That is, bro. I didn't seen male groupies do <laughs> shit, bro. It's like. I didn't see dudes try to line up their girl. Yo, you can fuck my girl. To get close to us, yo. You can fuck my girl, yo. I love you. That's wild. Yeah, I said us. Even though it was really was get close to Webby. With them. <laughs> I'm a part of it. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm in that motherfucking like, yeah, what up? I mean, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Nah, nah. But yeah, it'd be crazy. I'd be like, yo, what is wrong with homie, bro? But 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 this is Webby in a past life because I think he got a girl now. So this yeah, is Webby, yeah, yeah, no this doubt. It's Webby in a past life. Yeah, no doubt. So <laughs> now, now you're Webby. Well, shit, we haven't we haven't done any shows in like a year anyway. Yeah, you know, he's with a, hey baby, he love you. <laughs> Chris Webby, call my show. I want to talk. I've been wanting to talk to you for like fucking what? Six, oh yeah, seven yeah. You said now. you had something you wanted to talk talk to me about. Oh yeah, with Webby. So now with Webby, right now, um, I feel like there's. I'm trying not, to find a safe way to say this. Not, not even safe. I don't give a fuck. Just go ahead. Go no, ahead, I'm man. just trying to say, like, there's a there's a disconnect with Webby and I feel like the state of Connecticut when it comes to black artists and black people. I feel like the people, I feel like the black artists that don't know Webby on the outside looking in, just look at who the fuck is this white boy in this black art form and 
he's considered the the face of of Connecticut rap. But I feel like the people that know him just don't feel like that. It was like, nah, Webby rap his ass off. He this, he that. But then I feel like the black consumer was like, yo, we love rap, but we don't fuck with what he talking about. He be talking about like pills and college life and just mm-hmm. getting drunk and high and whatever. And that's what not all of rap is about to us. But I feel like people want a face of Connecticut rap scene, but they don't want Webby. I feel like the three biggest rappers in, I feel like two of the three biggest rappers in Connecticut are white and nobody wants that shit. Where it's like Chris Webby, Apathy, maybe Annoyed, or you could switch Annoyed with whoever you want. And it's just like people have a real big problem with that. And I want to know what the disconnect with Webby is with the rest of the state. So, I mean, you said it. The disconnect is the fact that the content isn't relatable. So, this is the thing. It's like, would you prefer that he make the more relatable content, but then not be true to himself? You no, know, I want... Then, then now, in my opinion, I feel like he won't be respected. So, mm. I feel like he's respected, but he's not loved in that community. Right. The reason why he's respected is because he's talking about what he knows mm. and because he's nice with the wordplay. Mm. But if he, you know, takes that too seriously and he's like, yo, you know what? Um, I don't feel that connection with the hip hop community. Like I would like it in Connecticut. Mm. Let me go ahead and team up with this person or that person. Or instead of using this beat, let me throw some 808s in this beat or do mm. this. Then that would be appropriate. You know what I mean? Then that would be, him, you know, pretty much not being true to himself. You know what I mean? So for me, I feel like even me, before I started touring with him, I didn't really appreciate what Webby was bringing to the table until I saw it with my own eyes. And mm. like you said, when people know, then they know. Yeah, when you go to a Toes Place show and you see yeah, that when shit. You, when you see it for yourself, yeah. then you're like, okay, I, I get, get it. it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This isn't just because, um, you know, this is how the system, you know, decided that it was going to be. Is this mm. going to be a white rapper? And, you know, nah, it's like, yo, he, at the end of the day, I even ask myself this question sometimes. I ask him, I'm like, how the fuck you still got words to say? You know, how how is it that Eminem you still shit. got things? Yeah. yeah, it's like you 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 contributed so many bars, so many lines, so many lyrics. How is it that you still find the motivation to keep talking? You know what I mean? It's just like, yo, he's he continued to be inspired because of that chip that he has on his shoulder mm. where he's not fully accepted. Mm. So I feel like he's in a sweet spot because he probably wouldn't have the motivation to keep wanting to prove himself mm. if he had that connection like we're talking about. Mm. So I think the music is better because he still has that that hunger. You know, even, yeah, even right. though he's doing it independently right now, he has everything set up where, you know, um, you know, the money, the money is, is, is looking right for him right now, finally, mm. because he, he set up his situation where it's all self-sufficient and he's doing that, but at the end of the day, he's not getting comfortable still because he still feels like, you know what, I still got more to say because some people still not listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you can't, you can't, you know, like with, with, with Eminem, you can't really expect for some people to, to connect with what they're talking about if that wasn't what they was brought up on. You know what I mean? So, you know, him, he calls himself the best of the burbs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So all of these things, he talks about gaming. And so he's true to what he's, you know, what his concept is, you know? And I can say that everything that he raps about, it's all, it's him. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, either you're going to accept him for who he is or you're not. You know what I mean? But you're going to respect them. Yeah, you're always going to you're you always going to want to be true. You don't want to make it being somebody else. So you always want to be true to yourself. But I don't know what this disconnect is where it was like for years, Webby's been putting out mixtape after mixtape, album after album, and people just won't give him the fucking 
respect he deserves, I want to say. And I can see where people are coming from. And I can like I, I see both sides of the coin where I see where Webby and his art form is coming from. And I can see the consumer and where they're coming from, where it was like, I don't want to listen to this shit. Or is, but it, it's like, is it the consumer really or is it? Other rappers, for the, for the most part, ninety nine percent of the fucking consumers in hip hop rap anyway. All right. For the most so part, that, that's a part of the problem too. Is like a lot of a lot of a lot of Webby's following ain't really trying to do what he's doing. No, because I know a, you know a, a lot of niggas that rap that don't like annoyed. It was like, yeah, why is annoyed hoisted up in this spot where it was like he's the Connecticut guy? It was like it's it's sometimes a bunch of rappers, but it's like the average consumer that just that that doesn't hear music but they just listen to music the average connecticut consumer is like why is he the the guy and i don't i don't and it's just that we're not in that space where i don't relate to that shit i don't you know feel that shit it's not i don't i don't know if if webby's not diverse enough or he's just like you said he's just being him and it's just like that's that he he's gotten this far being him so far so why would he stop that and then also I can say this there's probably about ninety nine point nine percent of his catalog that everybody in Connecticut is not even familiar with. Yeah. So if they heard certain songs, like if I was to do a, a Chris Webby set right now and I wanted to do it in front of a bunch of hip hop heads from Connecticut, mm-hmm. the exact crowd, I know what to play that's mm-hmm. gonna win them over. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna know about that because of certain things you might have heard or whatever. So you're not gonna go mm-hmm. and investigate, you're not gonna go dig through his whole catalog to find what it is that you like. Nah, like the main shit that he does is catered to his crowd, but he does occasionally Step do a sway freestyle. Yeah. He occasionally does a funk flex freestyle. He occasionally goes to LA Leakers. He occasionally goes, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this one for anybody that thought and anybody that got it fucked up. You go ahead and rap after me after the sway freestyle, after this eight minutes that I'm about to put in and see how that works out for any of these Connecticut or any rapper for that, for that matter. And same with Annoyed. Anybody that wants to say... On whatever they want to say about his skill, mm. rap next to him. And most of you niggas can't. A lot of people can't. <laughs> a lot of you niggas can't. You know what I'm saying? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. A lot of people can't. A lot of people got the, you know, the opinion about him. But skill level, there's not a lot of people that could that could hold a candle to to what I've witnessed with my own eyes on how talented Chris Webby and Annoyed are. Mm. Not just lyrically, when I talk about bars, I'm talking about, I, I've been in the studio with these guys, so I know, at the end of the day, melodies too. Webby is a type of artist that writes melodies as well. So anytime mm. you ever heard somebody singing on his song, I'm not gonna name names. Fuck it, I'm gonna name names. Bria Lee or Justina Valentine or, or a lot of these people that sing hooks, mm. um, Scrizzly, he's the one penning all of this. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he knows his voice. He's realistic. So he's like, you know, I can't really pull this off. But at the end of the day, same with Annoyed. Annoyed could do a whole R&B album right now if you wanted to. Mm. So not only can they do a sway freestyle and out-rap most of everybody, but they can also make real, real music, too, at the same time. I feel like at, at the end of the day, it's just content. Because if you, like, I, I, I hate to compare, like, white rappers, but I feel like if you were to compare, like, Chris, Chris Webby and, and Eminem, right? They would hear Eminem freestyle like, oh, he nice for a white boy. Like, this white boy, go. I feel like when they hear Chris Webby rap, it's just like, he white. And it's just like, he rap about white shit. And it's just that. He rap about what he know. You know he rap saying? about what he know, but it's like, you can't, so, you know. He gonna rap about Sopranos, you know. He's gonna, mm. he's gonna rap about Super Mario. Right. If that ain't your shit, then, then that ain't your shit. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a... a 
a line. If you never watch Sopranos, how the fuck are you gonna fuck with a line that he's a punchline with Sopranos is different than you know if you watch The Wire. Yeah, if you don't or, know or, about you Mario know, Kart. If, if you listen to you know, so it's like it, it just depends on what you like. You know what I mean? But like I said, that that part is subjective. Mm. But the part that you can't really argue with is, is his rapping ability. His his ability just in general to make music, man, is just mm. you know. I mean, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. Webby, fuck with me. I don't know what camera I'm looking at. Webby, fuck with me. I just, I, I just got some questions. Babe. So now, um, and shout out to Annoyed. I think, um, yeah. real quick, you, you mentioned some people not really fucking with Annoyed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Annoyed, um, also, I think is really incredible for obvious reasons, but then also he's just like a really, really good person too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, for anybody to not like annoyed, you don't know annoyed. Oh no, nah, he's a great. You nah. know what I mean? So it's like you know, because he will, he would literally, in like annoyed got verses probably for like a lot of people. You know what I mean? He, now you probably <laughs> don't even realize he does. You know what I mean? Whether because it's not out or whatever the case is, but he's mm. shown a lot of love. So for anybody in this industry to be giving him a hard time, I don't feel like he's the one. You know what I'm saying? Nah. And, and, and most recently, I feel like we we seeing this because um, DJ Perfect, shout out to Perfect, just dropped a record. He dropped the remix to fuck it up mm. with Sholi and Annoyed is on that. So it's Snosa, Annoyed, QB, um, perfect. Chill Shump did the beat. Mm. And I think that was a good move for Annoyed because, you know, I felt like that was helping connect him to where you're saying you feel like he's disconnected in certain places, you know. Because mm. that's, you know, we're looking at it from our perspective. And, and right. Hartford and where he's from, you know, they got a different opinion on Annoyed, but out here. I've heard, I've been in studios, like, I'm not just talking out of my ass. Like, mm. I have I know certain artists that talk about Annoyed in, in, in a negative way only because they don't know him or they feel like whatever the case may be. But now him bridging that gap and, and getting up with Show Lee and, and the whole show love and all that shit, I mm. think that's going to that's gonna help. No, I'm saying rappers have been here and said the shit off, off mic about Annoyed, but they didn't say it while the mic was on. Like, but everybody like, yo, Annoyed is nice, but like, ah, uh, maybe his voice or... You know, some people, some people have like a, you know. It's issue. just the shit he rap about that people, I feel like they don't fuck with. I feel like when they look at Annoyed, they, you know, they know his background being Caribbean or like his dad is Caribbean, whatever, and him growing up where he grew up. They want something a little bit harder. They feel like, a, what what I've heard is like a lot of shit is his, a lot of his shit is like fairy tale and just, just like kiddish type of shit where it's like just soft, I want to say, you know, not thinking of a better word for it. It was like they want something a little bit harder. Where it was like, if he go a little bit harder, if he talk about some real shit, he can be out of here. Like Anoy got that rapping ability, where he got that cadence, he got that flow, where he could like if he just changes one thing or 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 went up a notch, he could be there. Now I feel like he's definitely like right there, mm. but I just feel like people have a hard time putting him somewhere. Like yeah, people don't know where to categorize him. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, you know, so it's kind of hard to put your finger on the post of like Webby. We get it. Yeah, you know Webby's like, all right, it's either you like it or you don't. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what he going, you know his lane, and that's his lane. Annoyed mm-hmm. is kind of like, I could, I could jump in the lane with Webby. Yeah, I could jump in this lane with whoever. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I think with Annoyed, I just think that. But that's not to his detriment, though. That's 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 to his his advantage at this point. Where it was like, yo, Annoyed can get on anything. It, it, that yeah, but um, but from a business point of view, it's kind of tough because you know when we talk about marketing, you don't know how to market. Them. Yeah, the one thing about marketing is you got to basically try to pinpoint as specifically your target audience, basically promote something. If your target audience one day is an R and B lucky, and it's you know the radio supporting it and, and chicks are supporting I say it, this all the but time. then but then 
So you want to keep them happy, but at the same time, the next day you want to do a flex freestyle to make sure that you you know the people that like bars are happy. It's kind of hard to market somebody that can nah, do both like that. Really, well. I say you know this I mean? all the time with Lucky. He should have been out of here. Like we shouldn't have heard. Like Anoy shouldn't be nowhere in this stratosphere where he's in. If Lucky would have did what the fuck he was supposed but to think do. I, think about his perspective, right? So, and I don't know it because I'm just I don't even know this. I'm just talking about like if it, yeah. if it was me, like okay, so Lucky Lucky jumps off. It's a, it's a record that's more catered towards the females. If you're naturally in your heart of hearts a rapper, and that's the song that goes, mm. right? I'm sure it's a struggle trying to figure out your next move. Okay, should I continue down this lane or should I just, or would that be selling out like my rapism mm. fan base? You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why I felt like it was like every time like a lucky would happen, he would have to do something like a static selected Where it was album. Like, you got to do bars. You know, he collected with static select and did an album. You know what I'm saying? Album. This is not the same person. That I thought that did Lucky when I first heard Lucky was capable of doing an album with somebody like Static Select. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's like, for him, it's like, damn, should should he keep going and making the radio joints? Or should he like, nah, fuck it, I'm going to stay true and stay I'm going to just do whatever it is I want to do. It's him staying, he's staying true. And that's part of the reason why he ain't weird. I mean, but you can feed every audience, though. For every Lucky, you got, you know, just uh, a freestyle here. You're like, you could that's just, what he was doing. Yeah, you could just put bars everywhere. I mean, you know, but same people that was watching Lucky wasn't watching the freestyle and vice versa. So yeah. some people that are watching the freestyle don't know he could do Lucky and they're not investing into his music. They're like, oh, this kid that is nice with the bars or whatever. Nah, Lucky Meanwhile, it's driving him crazy because he's like, damn, only if y'all knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of it's kind of tough, but whatever. Yeah, Lucky was the I, one. He'll be all right. He's talented enough. For he's all. fine. He'll, he'll be fine. <laughs> now, um, back to you. <laughs> so Thank now, you. now, 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 what's the biggest venue that you've ever done? I think um, probably the Xfinity Theater. Xfinity Theater. Wow. So Twenty two, twenty two thousand people. Shit. Now, how was that feeling? Yeah. That, Who was that for? That was for um, I did it a few times. We did Hot Jam a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. to Juice World. I opened up for Juice World one time and um. His fans are amazing. I always mm-hmm. say that whenever I play Juice World, I'm just like, shout out to his fans because they definitely welcome you with open arms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a few. So it was, it was, I ain't gonna lie, yo, dog. That, that, that one hot gen that Migos was late, bro. Mm-hmm. I literally DJed for like almost over an hour mm-hmm. during prime time while 22,000 people were there. It's not like I'm like, yeah, the venue holds 22,000. And then there was 14,000 because I'm opening and, you know, yeah, no, yeah. no, I'll DJ for 22,000 people. That's crazy. Bro. And when I'm telling you, bro, that shit was so crazy because I'm looking at people and, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I, I got to read the vibe, mm. you know, so I'm usually looking at people's faces and the reactions and seeing if they're singing the lyrics. But with this, I'm just looking at, it's like a, looking at the ocean. Yeah. You know the, what I'm saying? And I'm like, damn, motion. I got to, yeah, I'm looking at the ocean. So I'm just yeah. seeing waves. I'm like. So that's kind of how I was judging. That was a little different for me. I'm like, okay, this is this is a little different. I'm seeing people in the back looking like ants just moving like this side to side. Yeah. I'm like, this shit's crazy. Now, at, w- at what point in your DJing career did you realize- And they almost that- turned on me, by the way. When almost you, turned When on you me. played what? What you played that was like kind of off-center? Well, you got to understand. Well, Migo, first of all, Migo's name is on the ticket. Oh, yeah. So, so they wait. Santo's name. Okay. So they so they So they almost in. turned on me getting impatient. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But luckily, I had toured enough at this point where I have been in enough rooms of people who didn't know me and, and had to win them over. Mm-hmm. And the way that you do that is to be vulnerable. Right. So, you know, I'm rocking all this fucking, you know, big, big willy shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm right. like, all right, you know. 
Because in the first few minutes, I got my shit planned. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I'm Funk Flex up there dropping bombs. You know what I'm saying? With that right. type of confidence, I'm saying. Right. And then, um, you know, I didn't know that the, the Migos was going to be late until I'm looking over and I'm like, yeah, yo, keep going. Mm. Yo, keep. So now I got a 10 minute set that I planned that turns into an hour or some change. Mm-hmm. And if um if you know what anything, <laughs> you know, 22,000 people just watching you like, mm-hmm. okay, impress me. It's different than just DJing an hour in the club. Yeah. People in the club, you know, they dealing with each other. They socializing. They dancing. They're not worried about who's playing the music. But when you, when you are on stage, you better be fucking doing something that's going to entertain me. Right. So they definitely were getting impatient at, at, at one point And I just stopped the music. And I was just like, because I started hearing some rumblings. And I heard some booing coming along. Like, not booing, but like, ah, oh, like. Yeah, like. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just fucking get tired. for this. Right? And I just stopped the music. And I was like, all right, so check this out. Here's what it is. The Migos are late. We all know this. Mm-hmm. I'm still out here. Clearly, they're late. Mm-hmm. They're on their way. Now, we could do this one of two ways. We could all just sit here quietly and we just wait together for them to come. Right. Or I could just play some of this music in my laptop and we could kill some time this way. You know what I'm saying? I'd prefer. I don't think I want to be out here fucking. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> right. yo, I, I'd prefer. That we can get through this thing. I want Migos to come out here just as bad as you do yeah, right now. Ranger. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, this is what we're going to do. We're going to press restart on this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? So what I did was, I, you know, I had the fucking uh, dreams and nightmares as my. Oh, yeah. As my like, okay, if all else My, my Trump card, I got that in the tuck. Yeah, but I had like 10 or 15 Trump cards. But that was like. Right. The, that, was the, that was the last one out of the, the list, basically. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just, I just remember. I just remember like. um. I didn't force it, you know what I mean? I didn't demand it, you know mm. what I mean? I just asked for them, like, yo, for the rest of this set, you know what I mean? Can we vibe? Right. Like, can, you know what I mean? And I just put my head down, I, and, I, and I played it, and I just walked across the stage with my head down, hearing. So I didn't want to look them in the eye, because I didn't want them to feel like I was forcing them to be a part of it, you know what I'm saying? So mm. I just like, you know what, I'm going to let them make the decision. Mm. When I look up, it could be one of two things. Either they done, mm-hmm. and they born, and now that's it, or, or they like going to fuck with me, Everybody right? fucking So, yeah. you know, so the piano is going and I'm just looking down or whatever. And I just, I just hear it getting like more quiet and quiet. And I'm like, ah, oh, thank God. <laughs> Dog, I'm like, and I look up right when the shit was about to drop. And when I, when I tell you, you would have thought Meek Mill was in that motherfucker the way you see, I seen every yeah. light. And, and, and mind you, I'm looking down for the whole minute. And right when that shit was building up, I looked back up and I was like, all right, where were we? That's what I said. I said, where were we? And I looked up and I just seen nothing but lights. I was mm. like, oh my God. Thank you, Jesus, yeah. for getting I, me through this, bro. I did it. You know what I'm saying? So that that had nothing to do with my skill level, nothing like that. It was just me being real in that moment. Like, yo, don't turn on me, please. <laughs> like, I need you, please. Like, please love me. <laughs> now, what are the pros and cons of, like, I guess, club life? You know, when you have to be the DJ, you have to turn the party. Like, you are the party. You you decide the ebbs and flows of the party. You know, you can't have a bad set. You, you're you there to do a job, but, you know, you still have to fill your feels. Um, that's, I don't know. As far as what? As far as, like, you know, okay, so, you know, you have to be in the club, you know, even if you're, even if Sato is not having the greatest of days, you have to be in, and you have to provide the vibe. You have to you know, someone pays you to go there and do a job and you have to provide that vibe versus, you know, you know, doing this, you know, this is your job. You do this, you know, maybe four or five times a week where it's like, I got to provide this vibe, you know, every single solitary time. And I got to be on my A game every single solitary time where it's like, 
even even if I don't want to be, I have to be. I'm tired. You know, they probably heard these songs, you know, a hundred times. But it's like, I just have to be in the club. I have to like it's just the club life. Um, I think just the the club life transitioned throughout time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it used to be a place where it felt a lot more free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just all around. Like a certain records, you have to play this night. Yeah, it's like now you're whack if you don't hit the top 40 songs that are popping on Rap Caviar and yeah. whatever's on Billboard. It's like you got to hit. So it's like now that's when it feels like work. You know what I mean? Like I got to check these off my mm. list. Mm. Rather than like at one point when we would go to the club, people just went to have a good time and people um, just went with their guard down. Mm. Not like right now. I think everybody goes with their guard up. And what I mean by that is there's such an expectation now from the DJs. Like, what are you going to do that I can't do? Right. Because everybody has, everybody's a DJ now. What I mean by that is everybody has access to the aux. Right. Everybody has access. (laughs) So whatever song that they want to hear is in their phone right now. So whenever they get in the car or they had a function or a kickback, everybody wants the aux because everybody feels like they could do a better job than the next person setting the vibe, right? Off of whatever it is that their algorithm is telling them that's hot, that's what's hot because mm. that's the world that they're living in. It's kind of like the social dilemma. It's kind of like, okay, whatever is on their feed is what matters. Not knowing that there might be a whole nother feed in a whole nother lane that matters. And me as a DJ, I got to know of all of these fucking things. You know what I'm saying? I got to know of every lane and I got to know how to deliver in every, mm-hmm. in every scenario. And that gets a lot more difficult as time is going on just because you know, it's like that impress me thing. Okay. When you get to the when you get to the spot 10, 15 years ago, music wasn't that easy to get. You know what I'm saying? So now you go into the club and you're looking forward to hearing that record that you heard on the radio on the way. You don't know what the name of it was. Mm-hmm. Damn, I heard Hot 97, Hot 937 play a record, sounded fired. I hope the DJ plays it tonight. Now it comes on, you get excited. You know what I'm saying? Rather than now, you heard it before the DJ, you even fucking probably heard it himself. Exactly. So everybody's on it already. Everybody got their finger on the pulse. So it's a lot more difficult. So that's why I'm at as far as freedom from the DJ and the freedom from the crowd. Everybody has a phone now. So it's like everybody kind of got to look cool. Everybody can't get caught slipping. You know, rather than before, it's like you, you can get caught slipping, but you would have to go on a website and mm. go look at a gallery full of pictures that the photographer took. You right, know, and yeah. figure out if you came out in the picture, if <laughs> yeah, you was in the right. mirror or a reflection somewhere, yeah. fucking around, doing some shit you wasn't supposed to be doing. Right. You know, and it was very rare that you was going to get caught out like that. But now it's like, you don't want to get out here caught up looking dumb. You know what I mean? So I think that that's, that's kind of like the pros and cons from then and now. And I, that's that's the reason why I felt like now it's, it's a lot less fun DJing than it was. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot less fun. But it's a, it is, it is. don't get me wrong, it's a bigger challenge. Mm. You know, it is a bigger challenge. And, and that challenge is the reason why it's fun now, though. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I feel mm-hmm. like when I step into, when I, when I do a club, I feel like I'm stepping into a boxing ring. Mm. And it's me against the crowd. Okay. Right? I got I gotta win you over. Right? Once I win you over, then then we can have a good yeah, time. Yeah, then then we do the we fun lit. don't start until I win you over. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whether you realize it or not, it's subconscious. People are not going like, yo, DJ, you gotta win me over. No, it's just a subconscious thing. I gotta make sure that whatever it is that I do in the first however long is gonna win you over. So it's difficult too when when we in the day and age where multiple DJs get booked in the night too because mm-hmm. now you have to rely on there's a lot of different factors. Mm-hmm. So even though if I would have came and I would have did brought my hundred percent A game that night, there's a lot of variables that can affect 
it still not being a fun night. Mm-hmm. And and we stress out over that, but there's certain things that we can't control. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about nightclubs right now, the budget ain't really there these days because everybody's undercutting each other. Yeah. You know, there's all these specials going on. Mm-hmm. There's all these birthday packages now. Mm-hmm. All these fucking bartenders and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that they got to get paid and shit. And right. So now there's not really a budget really to deliver the quality entertainment that should be delivered. So now you got people slacking in different places. So now, okay, you couldn't afford the budget to get the proper amount of security. Now people walking in there, they dealing with some half-assed security that just came from off the block rubbing them off the wrong way instantly because they got an ego, mm. that might fuck up somebody's vibe when you're going in there. The bartender might be not trained or experienced because they wanted to hire somebody that they couldn't really afford. Or, you know, and the person that they could, they could afford or whatever mm. was somebody that's not trained. So it's like, okay, now my drink is tastes like shit. Yeah. Or it took an hour and a half for me to get my drink. Mm. So it's all these things, DJs, we got to fight against. Because we got to set the vibe, so we got to make sure that we got, we consider all of these variables that are that may be going on, the sound system being trash, whatever it is. Mm. So I just think that it, it is a bigger challenge. So it's, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go here and I'm a, and I'm I'm gonna win them over tonight. But sometimes it's like you got to accept like there, was, there wasn't really much I could do. The DJ yeah, on like, before me, I can only do but so much. He, yeah, the DJ just like prematurely ejaculated all over this fucking whole <laughs> situation. Like you know what I mean? It was like. So now I gotta go on at one in the morning. And I gotta all reset the, top the party. 40s. Now I gotta now I gotta go on at one in the morning and bring it back to eleven. Yeah. And then by one thirty, it gotta be one thirty again. It gotta be one thirty again. It was like I gotta, now I gotta take that half hour where it could have took two hours to warm up. Now mm-hmm. I gotta do that in that half hour now. And now yeah. you might be looking at me like, "Yo, turn up," and I'm like, yeah. "Yo, you don't you don't understand? You don't understand this nigga before me? Y'all not ready to turn up? You yeah. might be, yeah. But y'all as a whole ain't ready. So now I gotta take mm-hmm. one for the team mm-hmm. and turn down." Just so I could turn up, right? It's like a roller coaster. You know what I'm saying? Like I got it now. I got to come and fucking suck all the. Yeah, I got to. I got to. And I got to bring it. And then now I got to start. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is some real DJ talk. Yeah, I got. I got to bring you down to get back up. I mean, nah, nah. Some some people out there get it. I I guarantee you. (laughs) Now, what's what's the difference between like club life and I guess the radio? I guess the I'm I'm guessing the the radio was much easier. Where it was like you just play like the popular hits and just. What? Nah, the radio is harder. The radio is harder. Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. with the radio and 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 live, the reason why I feel like it's more difficult is because all of those variables that I just talked about having to fight against, we still right. got to fight against. But this time, I I got to do it with a blindfold on. Mm. Okay. Think about it. You know I don't right? know shit about DJing, so you know, obviously. But, so it's know. like, so I got to do it with. A, so I got to, I got to not, I got to read the room without being in the room. Right, right, right. That shit's difficult. That's just difficult. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not the type of DJ who's like, all right. It's just me and him. I'm just going to play whatever the fuck I want. Mm. Ain't no dance floor. Nah, I'm still thinking about who's listening. Right. You know what I mean? People on their way from the club, the people drunk, you know, the people, you know, trying to get to where they got to go. But it's like, you want to turn up in the car. You got to try to make them want to come back next week or or, or whatever the fuck the case may be. Yeah, but it's a a different, it's a different um, way that you can be creative, though, with that, though. You know Mm. what I mean? It's more of a composition that I'm putting together on the radio rather than being live that's just straight live. I just take the energy and I just run with it. But the radio, I could be a little bit more creative. Like, okay, I could take some more chances and play records that I couldn't play in the club on the radio. So that that is the upside of being on the radio. Okay. Now, is that the best part of DJing? Is just controlling the crowd? Is it like absolutely going into a space and no one knows who you are? Then by the time they leave, it's like, yo, that's Santo. So I love that. Yeah. I love go. I love DJing places where where they don't know me. Cause like 
when I get booked and people know me, then there's an expectation mm-hmm. that you got to kind of meet or exceed. But if you don't know me and I'm walking into like a, let's say I'm doing a reggae party or something, I'm going, it's like a West Indian scene. You're looking at my, if, you, if you're not watching, you listening, my skin complexion <laughs> is not the skin complexion that you're going to expect that's going to be DJing a West Indian party. You know what I'm saying? But. Playing that bougie. Yeah, so it's like when I get to go and I'll be like, turn the place out, and I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's, it's a gratifying feeling because I'm like, you know, I took your expectation from me and uh, I exceeded it. You know what I mean? Mm. I love that. Right, right. Now, how did the uh, job at the radio station come about, first of all? Man, there was, a, there was a lot of people that helped with that, man. Shout out to Joey Franchise. Just spoke with him today real quick. He was actually tuned into the Webby Zoom that we did. Mm. Joey Franchise... Um, was real heavy into the cosign. Mm-hmm. He he introduced me to Buck. He was like, "Yo, this is the guy." Um, not only him, but DJ Mean from Bridgeport, Connecticut. He mm-hmm. also introduced me to Buck. Um, like, yo, this is the guy. And and you know the thing about when you get introduced from another DJ, that's a different thing because it's like for a DJ to co-sign you and say, this is the guy, mm. it's a different type of respect you got to have for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So anybody could champion you, but when a DJ does it, it's like, okay, you got to pay attention. Um, G Money the Prince, mm-hmm. another person that gave me the co-sign. I was working with him with Connecticut Against Violence, an organization that I'm a part of. Shut we were up. doing like a lot of schools together. We were probably working for about two years doing a bunch of schools and what we do is we do assemblies and we'll go to schools, we'll play music, we'll turn up, mm. bring speakers to come talk to them. And we were doing that for free, just doing it for the community for like two years. Mm. Me building up my relationship with G Money, with Joey Franchise, we were booking Joey Franchise down in our area in Bridgeport. Um, you know, mind you, he's a Hartford guy. So he was getting gigs out here and we were doing our thing, but we didn't need, we didn't need the radio for anything. So I wasn't, I'm booking Joey Franchise or I'm booking whoever it is, we don't need to do that. Mm. We're only doing that just to have somebody else to come in and have some different flavor as far as the music. But we weren't doing it like, yo, let's try to get their crowd to come because we already had that. Mm. So it it was more like it was self-sufficient. Like I didn't need anybody to basically be hired. You know what I'm saying? I was like, you know what? I'm going to hire myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to build my team. So we're doing our clubs and everything like that. And the radio is looking like, hold up. You're not getting no advertising from us. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Not, you know, I'm like, you're not. But you. But meanwhile, I'm successful in my own right. So I felt like it was more like a partnership rather than me getting hired at the radio. It was like, okay, if I, we're going to bring you on to the radio. It's not just them hiring me. It's them hiring what I brought to the table. And that was, mm. you know, my team. You know, what I was bringing, what I was doing in Bridgeport. So I felt like the, the radio came along. Um, Once I got introduced, I just grinded my fucking ass off. And I just continue to do me, doing our own events. I got a van with my face on it. Mm. Uh, you know, I was doing, I was hitting um, Hot Jam and I was doing like um, 960 on Wednesdays where Craig was at. And certain spots that were in Hartford, my man Charlie Rock, don't be mad. We would pull up with the van mm. and, you know, we would go hit every car with the flyer with my face on it. And just like real street team shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like, you a know. Lost art. Yeah, like real street team shit. So I think once I was doing that, um, I caught their attention and then DJ Buck, the program director, one day somebody called out for G Money's show. Now, you know, he's had his eye on me or whatever the case is. Then he hits up G Money. He's like, hey, listen, I was thinking about putting Santo in to fill in for tonight. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. 
I just explained. I was doing two years. Uh-huh. And mind you, I was doing all of this with all these DJs, but I wasn't asking them for nothing. Right, right. So I'm working with G Money for two years. I didn't ask them for nothing. You know what I'm saying? It was just us working. So he's like, what? Santo? That's my boy. I just was with him today. It just so happened that mm. that day that I did my first filling, I was actually with G Money doing the school. Okay. So it was like, yo, I just came from Bridgeport. Mm. I was just out there. So now he's like, oh, okay, bet. So then when I went up there and I did my filling, I did my first set. When I tell you, dog, I had about 300 people repost a flyer mm. um, in a few hours. And then I had like just nothing but people calling, 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 calling to the point where G Money was picking up, like, yo, it's hot 937. Let me guess, you're from Bridgeport. You're right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was like, yeah. That you know? love. And it was just like, Bridgeport felt like, okay, finally, somebody that's representing us is on this fucking station. And it's that they, love. And so, yeah. So I didn't even realize all that energy I was putting out there. I had no idea that, um, you know, People were gonna give it back one day, and that was the day that I felt like people really, really like threw me on their shoulders. It was like, nah, we're gonna make sure you get invited back today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what happened. Like I just, cause I kept it safe that night. I didn't really do nothing. I was really the outstanding or anything like that. I mm-hmm. just kept it safe. I had mad people supporting me, and then um, when they called me back to to have a meeting, I took it a step further. I was like, you know what? I had that with me. I got all these cosigns, but then also. I'm going to come and not act like I already got a job. I'm mm. going to come and I'm going to act like I want the job. So I came prepared. Like what I did was I put together a magazine and in the magazine, I had my bio, you know, I had a bunch of things in there, but more importantly, I had testimonials. Mm. I had people, pictures, thousands and thousands of pictures in this magazine of people holding up my mixtape, um, people standing by my van, taking pictures with the van. Um, you know, kids that we were working with at the school, you know, um, holding up banners and stuff like that. Just and and so when I gave him that, it was just like me saying, "Hey, listen, I can talk about it, mm. or I can show you." Got you. You know what I'm saying? So I showed him, like, "Yo, this is the this is the people that support me. This is what you'll be getting if you bring me on." Mm. And that's that's kind of how it happened. And but the International Sundays came about, which is the show that I have on Sundays where I get to pretty much play whatever the fuck I want. Mm. That came about because. The scene that we were doing, you know, the parties that we were doing, our crowd was so diverse that I would play all of these different things in the party. So, you know, when you come to see me DJ, I'm the guy that would be at a hip-hop party playing reggaeton. Mm. I'm the guy that's at the Spanish party playing hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm always yeah, that yeah, guy yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's pushing it. You know what I'm saying? So when Buck came out and he seen how I was DJing, he was like, yo, how, how do you feel about doing the show? Um, You know, because... uh. The reggaeton show was retiring. And he's like, how do you feel about doing a show just where like you just pretty much play how you played in the club? Mm. You can play like pretty much everything. I'm like, shit. I'm like, well, we gotta come up. You know, now I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, that sounds fun, but now we gotta take it a step further. Mm. So then shout out to Eli, I brought him up earlier. He was like the International Sunday. Gotta come with like, a name. He was like, yo, how about you do the international? So that gives you an excuse. And it's kind of like a disclaimer already. When you hear that and then you tune in, and you hear house or you hear cumbia or you hear reggaeton. You're not shocked about it because it's called International, yeah, International Sundays. Sundays yeah. So he was like, that could be your disclaimer. And then not only that, you could talk about culture. You could talk about this. I'm like, yo, you know what? You're fucking on to something, my man. I think it's smart. Let's go. Keep him. Like, Keep him. He's International smart. Sundays He's smart. Something, man. <laughs> you know, so. Now, do you feel like you've ever gotten too big for Canada? My bad. That was a long ass answer. No, 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 no. But I just had, I felt like I had to take every piece of the puzzle because I want people to know that's watching that it's not just one thing. That's going to get you from A to C, mm. A to D, A to wherever it is you're trying to go. It's going to be multiple things. Can't cut no corners. Yeah. So so I don't know how um, 
G Money's talking about me when I'm not in the room, or how mm. franchise is talking about me when I'm not in the room. I can't control those things. But what can I can control is my relationship with them mm. and and being a hundred with them. So as long, so I never took and cut any corners. I always kept it a hundred with everybody, and I always tried my best to to do what I needed to do, and ended up paying off. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, have you ever felt like you've gotten too big for Connecticut and you need to leave Connecticut? Because a, a lot of artists, I feel like they feel like the the scene in Connecticut isn't it, and they're not going to get discovered here. They won't be heard here, so they wind up moving to like a Texas or like Atlanta or some shit like that, or like a Florida or something like that, where it's like they 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 feel like they're that good that they'll get that much more exposure and they'll be discovered that way. Do you ever feel like with in your DJing career, with you being international, being all over the world, you feel like you know what Connecticut just ain't the place for me no more. I need to branch out and just you know show people Santo in in these bigger markets. So um, it's funny that talking about Joey Franzas, he put up a post today. It was like a meme with some shit where it's like the grass is always seems greener on the other side. He's like, but really, it's the grass is green where you water where you it. water it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's kind of like that mentality, and it's kind of like also the bigger markets. Now you could be a small fish in, in a big pond, big pond, or you could be a bigger fish in a small pond. It's just depending on what your preference is. You right. know what I mean? So me, I don't mind Connecticut because I have traveled. And I feel like we got it a lot better than what we feel like we do, honestly. Right. You know, I feel like our culture, what we have here as far as talent, um, you know, being so close to New York, being close to, to, to Boston, what they're doing, you know, the food, everything like that. I feel like we're just spoiled, yo. I feel like to we bury. don't really understand how. We don't. Take a trip to Wyoming. Yeah. Take a trip to Idaho. Wyoming? Take a trip to any of these places in the Midwest that you would have to travel hours to get to another city. Wyoming, my nigga? Yeah, it's, dog. It's, it's, it's shit like, in Wyoming? It, it, it feels, other than Kanye? People in Wyoming, when I when I, when I I spoke to people in Wyoming, when we went out there, if it, it felt like the energy was as if they felt as if there's no opportunity out there. Mm. Um, You know, they don't even like, some of the people I was really dealing with out there doesn't even really like do the, the online thing. It's kind of like they're in their own little world. Mm. And then they're cool with that. They don't understand how big the world or how small the world really is. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what I understood when I went to Europe. It's like, yo, this world is a lot smaller than what we think about. I connect with a lot more people and relate to a lot more people than what, you know, if you let the media tell it, you know, you would think the world is this big fucking place with all these horrible people in it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, from my experience, that's not the case. I found myself relating to a lot of people in a lot of different places. And I was like, you know what? Connecticut ain't really that bad. It's just more or less about, especially now in this day and age, we got the internet. So if you're really complaining about where you're from, um, you know, using that as an excuse, I feel like that's just what it is. It's an excuse. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because there's no reason why you can't be successful anywhere you're at as long as you got Wi-Fi. That's how I look at it. Yeah, the, the, the fucking, the internet has opened up the whole world to at your fingertips. Like, why the fuck are you just subjected to this state? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, um, one of the last things I want to ask you now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. Now, if an artist wanted to get their music to you, mm-hmm. to have it played with, with, wherever you're at, be it a club, venue, you know, somewhere, how can an artist approach you to get their music played or just, like, build that rapport to you where they can give you music? Um, You, you can reach out to me and give me music, Um, you know, you can just hit me up on Instagram or whatever the case is, International Santo. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's not about just hitting me up, okay? Or right, let's take this off of me because I don't want this to be about me. Mm. 
let's just say in general, you want to give a DJ music. Mm-hmm. Let's just make it general. Um, or a blogger or a playlister or any or anybody that you want to send your music to that you want them to hear it. First of all, you got to know how to send the music. Right. You know what I mean? You have to understand that like there is a way about going about how to send music or how how to do business with somebody. You know what I mean? So um, when you're sending an email to somebody, you got to understand like me particularly, I have because um, I work for the radio. So I have a lot of my, my email is filled with like a lot of different label reps mm. that are trying to send me music. So um, if your email doesn't look as professional or could even stand next to, you know, an Atlantic. And what I mean by professional, just simply having an introduction. Okay. Like introduce, have a bio in the email. You know what I mean? Have, you know, go to like a MailChimp and create a template for it. You you don't have to use MailChimp (laughs) to to distribute the email, but at least have like a template where, you know, you, so there's a button, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, you know, a listen button or or download button, just something to, 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 to make it. So like, Anybody that's looking at the email says, okay, this person is not an amateur, mm. right? Because it's not a, let's say you send a song, just send an MP3. It's untitled dot, dot, four, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, all that shit. B, capital bat, C, whatever the fuck. That signal. It's yeah. titled or whatever it is, right? Let's say that's literally sonically the best song that was ever made, ever. And it doesn't even matter because part of, us right now spending our energy on music, we have to we're we're betting on you. So mm. we have to know that if I play this song, what's gonna happen after I play it? Not much if you don't have legs for the song on your own. So right. if so if you're an amateur and I feel like you're just getting into the game, boom, you gotta make yourself hot. Right? You have to make yourself hot. And how you do that is you go ahead, you find who likes the music that you're putting out. You get those testimonials from those people, how I did it with the radio. Mm. So you go, you fill your email up with, okay, you got to make it seem like to us, like we're going to be missing the train. It's going to be going by. Exactly. You, don't, and you don't have to jump on it. We're just letting you know. We're giving you the courtesy mm-hmm. of sending you this email just to let you know what's like, going hey, on. It's coming, nigga. You don't have to say that, but yeah. put, position it in a way where when I see this email, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? How the fuck I didn't know about this? Include the the test, the statistics. You know, let me know. Yo, so-and-so's already supporting it. Mm-hmm. You know, Flex done dropped the bomb on this already. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, TikTok is already, you know, so, crazy so let, let me know that there's that there's somebody else besides me that's gonna fuck with this record. So if I fuck with it, I'm not wasting my time. Because you gotta understand, when I say we're betting on your music, yes, we're betting on if I play this, we want it, we want you to be successful. I'm I don't want to just play a record because it's hot. Mm. I want to play a record. Knowing that people are gonna enjoy it, I want you to be somebody, motherfucker. Yeah, I want, I want people, I want people to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta fucking shoot, shoot a video for this shit. Like, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm going real, real basics. ID three tag. Easy. If you don't know what an ID three tag is, you shouldn't be asking me about sending music to me. What you should be doing is YouTubing or going to school. This is what we talk about school. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to be actual school. Go to the school of somebody. Yeah. Find a mentor. Find somebody that's going to help you get to the point where you can go ahead and start networking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going... That's like, all right, you holler at a chick. Ask her to go out on a date, but you don't got a car to pick her up. Yeah. You, you niggas. You yeah. understand? Or, or you don't got... 
your shit together. Get your shit together. Y'all invest and more then start hollering look. at motherfuckers. Y'all invest but y'all more trying to y'all skip, look. Y'all trying to skip from skip A to steps. Z. And y'all not understanding that, yo, bro, do your motherfucking research. Yo, I'm the hottest out. nigga here. I do this, I do that. Here's my song, nigga. Yeah, you need yeah. to go through the proper channels. You ain't got the shit tagged right. You, you, should, you, you shit got a clean be version. The, the media base it has to be registered everywhere. In the, and if what I'm saying is foreign to you right now, then you need to do more time researching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All of these things could be could be YouTube and you can learn all these things. If what I'm saying is like, oh, yeah, no shit, duh. Then this doesn't apply to you. You know mm. what I'm saying? This doesn't, then, you know what I mean? But I'm just mm. talking about, and, and, and you'd be surprised, yo. There's like 98% of Oh, I'm not surprised out, anymore. They, well, yeah, because you got a podcast, so you know. <laughs> yeah, so 98% of the people that reach out, and you also have to reach out on some, like, yo, listen, you have to expect that this person doesn't know you. So you're selling yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're selling yourself. So just know that whenever you reach out to anybody, just have your shit together. That's all I'm saying. Yo, that's you know? that's that should be rule number one. Just have your shit together. A lot of you niggas invest into more of, I guess, your look into into your actual music. Like a lot of niggas, y'all beasts be trash. Y'all beasts be having tags on them still. Y'all just be rapping over whatever the producer sent you. You ain't pay for. Y'all ain't shoot a video. Y'all don't got the proper artwork. You're like it's just like yo, if you are gonna take this shit serious, show me you taking it serious and then yeah. present it to me. Don't don't send me some half ass shit and telling me it's the greatest thing in the world you're gonna miss the train if you don't hear it nigga if it's not presented right i don't want to hear it in the first place just yeah you got to let us know that yo somebody else is supporting this so like with a bio right Th- there's a bio for the artist so you could send like a, okay i'm so-and-so i'm santo this is you know you could explain who you are or whatever mm. right but then there also should be a bio for the song right and never send more than one song if you're sending more than one song you're that tells me that you're confused you don't even know which is the hit. That means you you have to, there's, there's options. Don't give any options. You send one song. This is it. That every, so you can make five songs, 10 songs, 15, 20 songs, 30 songs, whatever the fuck it is. Put them all out, whatever. But find the one that find people are graduating to the most, mm-hmm. that the numbers are doing the best. That's the song that you pick, that you put your budget. See, we're in a different day and age now. Before you had to have a whole rollout, a whole campaign, mm-hmm. a whole budget lined up to prepare for what your singles are going to be. Now... We got the privilege of just putting out the music without it costing us anything. So mm-hmm. be, think about this. At one point, you had to drop a record, and dumb motherfucking songs had to get pressed up on a CD or yeah. a record or a tape. And that would have to cost you money for you to even put a record out. Mm-hmm. Now we could put a record out and distribute it without having to spend a single dollar. That's a privilege. Take advantage of that. Put as much music out as you want and then do the statistics read the analytics and say you know what okay this is the one that's reacting the best not just the best um like across the board but this one might be the best for this platform because right. not all music belongs everywhere that's another thing we have to understand too mm. um there there's certain songs that might be better for hot 937 than they are for different places there's certain songs that might be better performed live there's certain songs that might be better with a video mm. i just left webby's house today he was playing me music. There was one song in particular that he played me. I was like, yo, this song right here, I don't think this song should come out without a video mm. because it's so left mm. that if you don't see a video when you're hearing it for the first time, you might not be able to it's understand why right. he even made that song. Yeah. So, so you so you got to understand music belongs in different places. You know what I mean? When you get in the elevator, the elevator music that's playing is not the same music that's playing when you get to the club. Exactly. So, th- so just because your music might not be something that might be something that I want to play on my show, that doesn't mean it don't belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you. It's not up to me to figure out where your music belongs. It's up to you to figure yeah. that shit out. You got to figure out where people 
are that like your music and then target that audience. And then me being a DJ from the outside looking in, I'll see that happening. Mm. And then I'll say, I want in. Hold up. That's going on. It's my job to have my finger on the post. There's no way that's happening. And I, 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 need I don't parts. know about it. Why the fuck don't I know about I it? I need parts. I need, I need in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we're bandwagoners. DJs are jumping on what the wave is. We're mm-hmm. not breaking records no more. I'm sorry to have to break this news to you guys. I don't know if this is breaking news to anybody. But a Funk Flex bomb is not going to be the only don't thing that's going to prepare, going to propel your career. Because we're not in the day and age where that. Now you need a lot more. So the DJ isn't where you should be focusing or radio isn't where you should be focusing your attention. Right. It should be spending your money, your time and energy into getting a fan base. Focus on them and what they want. Mm. How we were talking about Webby earlier. Webby didn't give a fuck about what the DJs wanted to hear. Webby, Webby has a, started with a fan base of 20, 30, 40 people. It kept feeding them, feeding them, feeding them. Now we're on the outside looking in. Like, why the fuck are people gravitating to him? He made we, people we don't get to him. It he made Because it was never for us to get. You're right. It was for him and his fans to get. Anybody else on the outside looking in, that's what you are. You're outside. If you want to come in, you want to be a part of what he's doing, you can opt into that or you don't have to. Right. But can't lose sleep if some people are not willing to opt in. You just got to find the people who are. Mm. You know what I'm saying? See? Just broke all that shit down to you. Just gave you the fucking one-on-one class of what the fuck to do to get your shit to a to a DJ and just to, you know. And, and as just, far as like um a good tip for the for the for the creating a song for the um I'm in the bio for the song, what I what I would suggest is just find like a random blog um and, and offer them like the exclusive or something like that. Mm. You know, it don't have to be fucking double XL. Just go do some Googling and figure out who's writing and typing up some things and ask them, hey, listen, if I give you the exclusive, boom, 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 you know, can you write something about the song? And I'll make sure that all my platforms, I'm, I'm promoting your website and everything like that. Now you get them to write it. Now you send them the song and now they're writing about your song. Exactly. And you put that publication in your post when you send it to the DJs or send it to the bloggers. Now you're going to put on your resume. So now you're not talking about your song. Somebody, mm, somebody else, else is talking is about your song mm-hmm. from the outside. And now I'm looking at this shit like, oh, okay, I'm not going to check the credentials or whatever this website is. I'm not doing all that. I just know that somebody else fucks with it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, now it caught my interest a little bit more than if you would have just tried to sell it to me. Look at these tips and tricks y'all niggas getting for free. Look at this shit. Look, <laughs> look at this shit. Look at this shit. Hey, for free. You had to sit, do us talking about annoyed for a half an hour. So if you made it this far, <laughs> fuck with you. <laughs> you earned all of that. Word. Now, um, last thing I want to ask you is um, what has 2020 taught you as a whole when it comes to either like your career aspect, even you personally, you mentally, you looking at other people and how they receive information. Like what has 2020 just taught you as a whole? Um, I, I just think that, like, um, how we were talking about earlier, I just think that 2020 just pretty much, um, first, what it did was it put a mirror in front of everybody. I think mm. what it did. It's like, okay, pause, take a look at what you're doing, take a look at yourself, reevaluate. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like we said earlier, not that serious. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I got going on, not really that serious. Not as serious as, you know, us being able to stick together and, and, you know, provide some sort of uh motivation for one another. So if that was my thing, it was like, you know, we're putting out music. I always like to share music because of what, how other people felt. Mm. So I was always on that wave. So now it's even more magnified. Now it's like, okay, now I feel like people need music more than ever. 
you know, they, they need each other more than ever. So it's really just put things in perspective where it's like, yo, you know what? We really need each other. That's what I really learned. It's like, yo, we need each other more than, than what Because like I said earlier, I, I was cool spending time by myself. You know, I was cool, whatever world I was living in. And now I'm realizing we need each other. Mm. We just, as human beings, we need each other. You know what I'm saying? And if you feel like that's not the case, then I feel like you need to do some more searching. Because when we talk about a village, you know, that's what that's what we got to be doing. We got to really be looking out for ourselves mm. and each other. You know what I'm saying? And, and making sure that we are right. That's what 2020. So all the business shit and all that shit really became secondary. Now it's just more or less... You know, with the Black Lives Matter mm. and, and, and you know, just, just feeling like pain from, from, from the world and just, you know, if, if you didn't take this opportunity to kind of like, you know, feel some of that. And that's another thing, too. Really tell me, like, you know what? It's okay to kind of sit in the moment and feel that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because we were too busy. Everybody was just too busy doing everything. So it's easy to ignore certain things. But when you stuck at the crib and you got to look at that eight minutes and 46 seconds... <sighs> You got no choice but to feel that. Mm-hmm. You can't express that. Now, it, that's what I mean why I put a mirror in front of us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing to contribute for the next generation? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To make sure that 20 years from now, we're not still in the same spot that we was 20 years ago as a society. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's, what I, that's what I think 2020 has taught me is what am I doing personally to contribute towards us, you know, having a better fucking uh, a, a life for the next generation that's coming up behind us, man. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. But when you eventually have kids, kids then, then yeah. you gotta, you gotta set the precedent for that next generation. Don't you ever get it fucked up. That's a fact. So we gotta do that. So now, Santo, where can they find you on the internet, on the webs, on the, you know, what, what clubs you're doing next? Where you gonna be on tour? Any information you can provide? Um, If you could follow me on anywhere that you stream music, whether it be Spotify, Apple Tidal, international santo across the board you can follow me on that um i'll be releasing some music really soon and uh yeah international santo.com mm-hmm. is where you can go if you if you you know interested in booking me um or if you need some music some mixes whatever it is you can definitely go there i also have merch there mm-hmm. as well you know yeah shout out to this hat right here that i'm wearing my club van home crew got me this as a gift well, shout out to that. So I gotta shout them out for that. Um, you know, he mentioned earlier I was doing like a lot of lives, mm. and um, I, I created a nice support system while I was doing that, and the people that fuck with me, fuck with me, and they they actually just sent me this through the mail the other day. The gift. Shout, shout out to out that. To Domino effect merch coming soon. Um, you got a song I would annoy, right? That's, yes, that's yep. out now. It's called Appreciation. Mm-hmm. That's out now. Um, I have a song with Webby and Annoyed called Yippee Kaye. That's also out now. Mm-hmm. I have a song that I produce um, along with JP on a track where Chris Webby, B-Rail from Cypress Hill is on that, mm-hmm. along with Smoke Dizza. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. Big names, big names. Very incredible to be uh, affiliated with that. And um, yeah, my man Alandon, um, he's a reggae artist, really, really incredible. I have a lot of music I'm working on with Alandon. Yeah, I would love to bring him back. And, and we can oh definitely yeah whatever yeah just yeah. just let me know just let me know a date and a time and we here yo just I would, love, I would love to bring a line down G we, we gotta set it up alright G still out there I hope I think oh, yeah, 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 yeah boom there you go salute, salute. <laughs> now line down is good people he's a really really talented artist and uh, me and him are working on a lot right now we got about 12 records in right now so mm-hmm. um, who knows you know we might package it up put it as a project we might not 
we're gonna see how it goes but um hopefully we'll be back here soon to talk about definitely definitely my 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 goal for 2021 is to get on santos like b-day friendless because every time a nigga got a birthday he got a picture with them niggas somehow some way he be knowing mad motherfuckers like it was like yo happy birthday to Wiz Khalifa Tatiana Ali fucking you know Jay-Z whoever I'm like yo this nigga know everybody Diplo I'm like alright subtle flex I, I appreciate you, know what, you, you know nigga. what's crazy is that today I was like damn I do all of that shit and I ain't even post up the picture with me and Webby Webby I mean but, but you I did, spent the whole fucking did it day last year I spent the whole day with him though so you yeah know. so you know he know you love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. But yeah. like that, that's 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 one of my goals to get on Santo birthday friendless. <laughs> Where it's like, <laughs> yo, when's, when's my birthday next year? It was like, yo, Dalvin, happy birthday, my nigga. It was like, oh shit, I'm 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 somebody. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with him right now. There's an app that I use. It gotta be. <laughs> that you discuss, there's a scheduling app that I use. And, and what I did one day is I just went and I created a folder full of all the celebrities <laughs> that I had pictures with. Right. And I Googled all of their birthdays. Uh-huh. And it, spent, it took me about three days. Uh-huh. And literally, I just, throughout the whole year, mm. I just uh, scheduled posts to wish them happy birthday on their day. Right. Yeah, Yo, you know who to got keep, the same birthday? To keep my um, algorithm. You know who got the same birthday as me? That's another one for y'all motherfuckers right there. Boom. But do you know this? Who You know who got the same birthday as me? As you? Eminem. Eminem. Well, shit. See? See? Full circle. That's what I'm saying. Full circle, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring up Eminem. <laughs> Not to get right now. Besides, <laughs> yo, appreciate you for coming through, my nigga, man. man thank appreciate you. you, my nigga, man. Thank you for he having me. Finally got this done. Finally got this done. So, I guess that's the end. So, uh, one thing's for certain. We're too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino. That's DJ Santo. And uh, we out of here. Shout out to G Studio. Providing the vibe. Appreciate you, my nigga. I love you. I ain't said enough, but I am drunk. I love you, my nigga. I love you, my nigga. <laughs> Domino, motherfucker, what's that?